Jesus nah. Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine on a tangent. Back in the days when we played video games, it was hardcore for the nerdy and lazy. Now things have changed, and all our video games are also for the casual and lady. But that's okay, you know the score. We told you a million times before. Playing consoles, not just games, is in the past. Welcome to the 20s, motherfuckers. God. The Roaring it right? 20s. It's the tw- no, Drew, you can't. The Roaring thing, It's it's. we're not doing that. They, I've seen so many hashtags with that and people <sighs> dressed up as like gangsters and flappers and like, wow, you guys are really dedicated to this. Well, we are the dressed generation. Dressed up like flappers. Great. We are the generation of taking other people's things to, to you know, delineate ourselves. So. Sure. I'm Googling yeah, what a flapper is, so that's fun. I'm okay. sure it's I'm sure it's offensive in some form or fashion. You guys don't know what flapper girls are? No. Well, no. No, I mean I've heard the phrase, but I don't know the exact definition. Okay. But I don't I don't dress I don't dress up like flapper they, girl. They dress up like birds, is the <laughs> impression I'm getting. <laughs> you know, I just did that quest in The Witcher Three and Blood of Wine. Oh, look at you going back to some classics. Yeah, oh man. That was crazy. She's a bird. She literally I haven't, I haven't got to the DLCs yet, but I have been playing it. Is this oh. a side quest? Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this was a good side quest. Guys, side quest in The Witcher 3 would be main quest storyline in any other RPG. Oh, absolutely. It's it's crazy, but we'll we'll get into that. Welcome to our game of the year. Also, probably a side note, we will be talking about games over the decade. Even though, if you want to be a true asshole about it, the decade doesn't end until the end of this year, right? That's that's the that's the thing. Well, it depends on where you start the decade. Technically, do you, you know what? Start it's it 20... from twenty ten to twenty nineteen, or do you start it uh, twenty eleven? Then in 2020. I don't give a fuck. It's a new decade, so we're going to talk about the games Oh, the decade. <laughs> you just keep doing the O, oh, man. It's my show. It's our show. It's our show. We can do what we want. Do what I do what I want. I do what I want. Uh, on the show, we have Anthony. I just spoke. I, well, you could say hi when I introduce Hello. you. That's the proper way to do it. It's a new decade. New me. We have Jay. Hola. And we have Drew. Hello. And I was told the Wombat would be here. He even texted me this morning, but, you know, he's always late. Fashionably late. Butts have kills. Yep. He just texted me again. Sorry, Discord is taking forever. <laughs> he's just going to bust in here and say WWE 2K19. <laughs> best, game of, best, game of, well, it's the best game of 2019 because it doesn't work in 2020. <laughs> you see that? Oh, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Anyway, we're going to start with Drew, because I know Drew's probably going to have to leave early. Yes, this is true. So, if anybody's not familiar with the format, we kind of just give ourselves... Everybody's 
can be different. Um, but we all do ten games that we thought were great in twenty nine, you know, in the year. And then sometimes people will have disappointments, and people will have bad games. And and this time around, we'll be talking about best games of the decade. Yeah. So I'm going to first talk about my worst games I've played this year. Well, <laughs> there's a That's, whole podcast on I that. I had a whole podcast based on it this year. But, um, did you guys oh, do yeah. a whole podcast? Yeah, That's we did. Topical. The funny thing is, is that the games, the the games that I'm going to mention, are nothing compared to the games we played last year. Like last year, we played some of the worst games ever made. Um, but the two games that I have on my list uh, that were, I wouldn't say bad. Well, they were major. I would say disappointments to me, but also just games. I was like, I don't want to play any more of this. And that is Ghost Recon Breakpoint. That game was the most, like, if you look up the word meh in the dictionary. Dude, it was broken in some instances, though. It was, but it's just like you play it and you're like, eh, I get yeah. it. I, I just I get I, what you're doing. Like, I had that revelation of whenever me and you were playing co-op and I was basically just saying, I, I don't want to play any more of this. Yeah, I kind of threw it down, and and after we played, I think I played one more time, and then I was like, you know what? I just, like I didn't feel like there was anything for me to go do. Yeah, I just didn't care about it. It was just like it took too long to get anywhere. It was broken in some instances. The AI was insane, and I don't know. Like I just and, and there was a lot of production value in this. I mean, they got the pressure. Yeah. They got they got uh what was his name from the Walking John Berthall. Yeah, John Berthall. I was gonna say uh Shane from The Walking <laughs> Dead in it. Um and then on top of that, it looked gorgeous. Yeah, it was a very pretty game. Yeah, it looked fantastic in four K. Um but man, I did not want to play that game. Yeah, it's uh it's one of those games. It's high production, low quality. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, another game that I, it was more of a disappointment to me than a bad game was Wolfenstein Youngblood. You know, I never did get a chance to go back and play that. I, man, what happened? Like I was just like, they turned it into this weird, like almost like a score driven game. Well, it wasn't built by machine games. No, it wasn't. Um, I think it looked good. But man, I just like that was another game. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to play any more of this because yeah. it was it was weird because they had like this weird level system and they didn't really try and tell you you don't need to go here yet. So I just end up getting surrounded by guys and and killed, and then you'd come pick me up, and then I'd get killed again, and then you get killed, and it was just a back and forth. It was a weird, but it was a weird like twelve months for Bethesda to go from some of the best single player games of this generation to just trying to shoehorn some of the dumbest online mechanics of games. Yeah. That, that, that was the thing. Fallout. Oh, man. And that was that was the biggest thing, was like, you know, y- you had a great, like, first two games, and you you make this... I know it's not, a, it's not Wolfenstein 3, essentially, but, I mean, this was their big Wolfenstein game for the year. And you you squandered it with this... I didn't like it at all. Yeah, makes me it makes me sad. And then the last I hope, game, I hope Doom is not like this. No, no, they they they're no, they won't do that. Better not. 
Um, and then the last game, which was, I enjoyed it for the time that I played it. But then once I got to the end game, I was like, Oh, there's nothing to do. And that's Warhammer Chaos Bane. Warhammer Chaos Bane was a fine game up until you hit the level cap. And then you're like, okay, what next? Well, to be fair, Warhammer games are only supported for a week and a half. And then that's the thing was that they came out before the game came out and said, oh, we've got a whole like year long plan of what we're going to add. And none of that stuff came. Some of that stuff still hasn't came to the console versions. That's because like five minutes after each game comes out, another six Warhammer games come out. So uh, you, you may be right there. Yeah, they got to move on to the next one. I mean, this one's played out. It's been out for fifteen minutes. Yeah, it, which is bad because it, it's actually a pretty good Diablo clone. Like it's it's fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a good game. Yeah, but I, I the, the support kind of just dropped on that, and I was like, well, that sucks. I was I was hoping it would kind of scratch that Diablo itch for me. Instead of me going back to Diablo for the millionth time. Yeah, I love Diablo 3, but I think I've played all the Diablo 3 that I'm going to play. Yeah, the, even with the new season stuff that they're coming out with, and they're adding, they're, they're doing really well with the season stuff, like actually trying to, to give like different modifiers and stuff like that, but I just can't bring myself to... I'll start a new season, get to like level 10, I'm like, I had done this so many times before. Yeah. The, I can't do it again. I don't I don't know what it is about Diablo. Like <clears throat> I've probably played like two, three hundred hours of Diablo three and I just I just don't have a whole lot of desire to go back to it. I mean I I get why people do, but the, yeah. the loop is just not getting me. But those are my I guess disappointments for the year. Uh I have some honorable mentions. Um and there's some hold up, caveats. Hold up. honorable Dishonorable or honorable? honorable? No, honorable. Okay. The, the ones I just talked about were dishonorable. Okay. Th- these are ones that either... Well, there's some stipulations to all of them. These are games that I thought were really good that just weren't my top 10 games of the year. The mm-hmm. uh, first one being Grid. That's, that's a good, good game. That's a good racing game. It really is. It, it was... It's the racing game that tried to do something different by going back and doing something from... <laughs> the early 2000s, which is just race. Yeah, let's not make an open world where we drive around in flashlights and honk horns. Let's just you know circuit to circuit racing. Exactly, and it was great, and it looked great. I mean, it played great too. So, Grid was like, I was honestly, I was kind of dreading reviewing it. I was like, ah, another racing game, and I was like, okay, I can get down with this. There's not much. Th- you don't have to do anything. Just race the yeah. end. Um, which on the opposite side of the spectrum, another honorable mention is Need for Speed Heat. <laughs> Need for Speed Heat is a good racing game, and it, but it is that open worldness, you know, go everywhere, do all these missions, stuff like that. The reason why it's on this honorable mention list is because they they finally going back to their roots, especially after Payback, which was not good in my opinion, uh, and. It had style. Need for Speed Heat had a lot of style to it. Sure, the characters are stupid. They have dumb dialogue. It's it's a Need for Speed game. But like the transition between like daytime to nighttime, that that was always kind of cool. And you know, I, I kind of like the soundtrack to it. And it just it did a lot of stuff that was neat. I'll put it that way. Uh, a game that did not actually come out 
in 2019, but it came to the Xbox and PlayStation 4 in 2019. Glass Masquerade. That game was so good. I I I, I don't know how I got so addicted to that game. <laughs> I 100 percent that game. Yep, me too. I don't I do that anymore. PC version of uh, both one and two. I think I have all the achievements. I, I need to get. I need to get two. I haven't got around to playing two. Oh, yet, two but... is so awesome. It, the the designs aren't as um as awesome as like cool because they're not based around world locations. It all has like a fantasy style to it. But man, those puzzles were even better. Um, I'm looking at the screenshots on Steam, and I still don't know what I'm looking at. What is this? You're, you, it's a puzzle game that you put together, uh, gla- uh, stained glass. Yeah, and yeah. The, oh. the the thing that I liked most about it is it didn't show you the picture, kind of like it. It gave you like a little thumbnail of it, so you didn't uh-huh. know exactly what it was, and it was very challenging to and get. Like the the pieces were in such weird shapes. Yeah, you have to rotate them, and they, they're not the shape of like. They're not necessarily the shape of the actual stained glass piece. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was just... very challenging. And, and I love that it was like every, at least for the first one, every puzzle was themed after like a, like a city. A country, yeah. Yeah. The, the second one is based around Alice in Wonderland. Oh, nice. And Is, is uh, that on Xbox One and PlayStation 4? No, no it's only on, on PC, PC right now. But, so I'm still uh, waiting on it to even, hit Xbox. It's even, you have a hard option on all the puzzles now. Where they don't give you anything, like they don't, like in the original, they give you like four or five pieces around the outside, I believe, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And this one, like, there was the option of not having that. There was a hard mode. I can't recall. It's been a while, but that it was amazing. The second one. So I hope everybody gives a shot to that one. So it's a jigsaw puzzle game for computer PC. Yeah, and it's it's the day so. For for some reason, it's amazing, and I don't know I, why. Because I if don't, you put a puzzle game in front of me, you'd be like, I'd be like, okay, but it just it works so well. And there's uh, something far more difficult about this than a standard jigsaw, jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It was it was one of those games huh. that showed up on like the the what's it called ID at Xbox. Yeah, and that was back when they were sending me the codes, and they and you know, I booted it up. I'm like, oh, Jigsaw Puzzle Game, who gives a shit? And I played it, and I talked about it on the podcast for like three straight weeks. I'm like, this game is so good. <laughs> and then everybody bought it, and everybody was like, this game is so good. It is. It's like the <laughs> ultimate chill out game. Yeah, I loved it. I I like Drew said, I hundred percented it as well. I think I spent thirty minutes on some of those puzzles. Yeah, dude, some of those were difficult. And they were so good. Like, I remember there was a perfect example. Like, uh, my wife, she was like, Drew, I'm going to bed. You coming? I was like, hang on, let me finish this puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was so disappointed when I finished the last puzzle. I was too. I was like, no, now I don't have anything to do. So you guys yeah. played both one and two, I guess? I no, I still I haven't picked one. up two. I need to pick up two. Interesting. But, uh, yeah. So that one's an honorable mention. And then... The stipulation for this is it came out this year. The version I'm playing did not come out this year or or 2019. And it's also DLC. Monster Hunter Ivesborn. Oh, you're putting this on honorables? Shame on you. Dude, it's it's DLC. Monster Hunter World came out two years ago. So was Blood and Wine. Come on. I I wouldn't put Blood and Wine on there. 
A lot of people put Shadowbringers on their list this year. I didn't play it, so I, I can't, but it's the same kind of thing. I, you know, when it's something like Iceborne, Blood and Wine, Shadowbringers, those are all very substantial. I would Dude. consider those yeah. I would consider those Game of the Year eligible. Yeah, because like Blood and Wine, I'm playing it now. I'm like 10 hours in, and like I feel like I'm not even halfway through it. Not oh, man. Close. Dude, freaking Iceborne. The yep. amount of content in that DLC is insane. They have changed why, why so many bucks, things. You know, yeah, dude, it's it's like a whole new game. Mm-hmm. But it's it's fantastic. Oh, whoops, I I can't say that. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. You're under embargo. <laughs> I'm under embargo for playing the PC version. Well, I'm not. Oh my god, because I would get the PS4 version, and I'll say it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. But uh, those are my honorable mentions. Also, just to give you some uh, stats, Jay, I put a total uh, of 18.8 hours into the both Glass Masquerade games. So yeah. each or both combined? Both combined. Okay. That's pretty substantial. And considering those games are, what, like $3 on the yeah. PC? Yeah, they're, yeah, like they're not ex- super expensive, yeah. But um, so going on to my top 10 games of the year, I'll start at number 10. So here's the deal. (laughs) I didn't play a lot of games in 2019, like new games. Yeah, I was going to say you played plenty of games. Trust me, I was on the podcast with you. (laughs) They weren't good. The, The issue is, is that the games that I played were either Phoenix Down games or games I had to review. That's that's the problem. That's that's. And so if I reviewed the games, then they probably ended up on this list, which is unfortunate, but these are the 10 games that I enjoyed the most in 2019. These are Drew's 10 played games of 2019. (laughs) It it really is. It really is. But I put them in order at least. Uh, Number 10 is After Party. I, I was addicted to that game for like three days straight. I beat it in three days. And like, I was a big fan of oxen free, uh, particularly because that was like the first game that me and my wife played together and we beat it and we had a great time with it. And I was like, Hey, this is from the same people who made oxen free this time around. It's kind of like a comedy game where these two people die and go to hell. And if they can out drink Satan, they get a second chance at life the most ridiculous premise of a video game I've ever it, heard and I kind of love is, it. It is. It's goofy and they got all these weird drinks and it's all about talking. There's no combat, no nothing like that. It's all just talking to people. And depending on like what kind of drink you drink, you may talk. This drink makes you talk like a pirate. This drink makes you uh, flirty. You know, and it's like it's choosing the, the right drink for the type of situation or the type of person you're talking to. And they, they have a lot of fun with it. And it's I, I enjoyed the crap out of it. Um, I played a early version before the, the game came out. So there was some technical glitches, which they promised me that they would be done and fixed by the time the game released. I have not played it since it released. So I couldn't tell you if those were fixed or not, but, but besides that, like the game would freeze on me. I would instantly restart it just so I could just keep going. So I, I was, I was hooked on that game for like three days straight. Yeah, it was, it's on my list. Is uh, is the storytelling as strong as it was in like Oxen Free with the abso- absolutely? They good, they have good. they have possibly some of the most convincing dialogue. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they where they like kind of like how we stumble over our words. Like what would be considered an outtake in any other game, they leave uh-huh. it in. Like oh, the, 
because people actually stammer over their words. They, they mess up their lines and stuff like that. And it's, it feels genuine. So nice. oxen free had that too. And I really like that about it. It's all voice acted, all voice acted. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, number nine, far cry new dawn. Uh, a lot of people are, are kind of done with the far cry formula. A lot of people are done with the Ubisoft formula. Yeah, kind of. I'm wondering if Gods and Monsters is just going to be Assassin's Creed with other monsters, with with, uh, with stuff, with other stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. The newer, new Assassin's Creed, the newer Assassin's Creed games are way more interesting than they were. I mean, before it, they switched to the new formula. It's a testament to the content of the game because you know, let's be fair. Ghost Recon Breakpoint is essentially the division. But for some reason, it's not as interesting as the division, which is weird. It's handled differently than division, though. It is, but it still has zones where there are enemies you can't fight. It has a level system. It has a perk system. It's it's the inventory, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It feels a lot like the division, but I would have rather played the division. It was a more well. They tried to not just throw the division in there. They threw like Ghost Recon in there as well. They threw a whole bunch of other like games in there. I think that was like my headline or, or my, my tagline was like everything in the kitchen sink. Yeah. And none it of it sticks. Everything. It even has, it even has raids. Yeah. They added raids post release, which is crazy. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, far cry new dawn. I, I still like that formula. I like far cry. I, you know, I think new dawn has the perfect map size. It does. It's it really does small enough to be like, I just wish there was more of the interesting content in New Dawn. There was a little bit of like, okay, I don't, I kind of like taking over the bases, but then there was the little um, prepper shacks where, where there was a whole bunch of puzzles you'd have to solve. Yeah. And that was the coolest part of that game. And there was like 10 of them to do. And I was like, yeah. yeah. The, uh, one of the coolest parts was um, I had to stay up for a night shift so it was like late at night and I was playing New Dawn and my wife was sitting there with me and it was the part where you were talking to the drug lady and you had to go down into like this flooded area and she's she's obviously certifiable. She's she's insane talking to you and she's talking about like conspiracy theory stuff like uh, about the alligators and the sewers and stuff like that. And when you get to the very end of that area, there's a giant freaking alligator that jumps out at you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't make my list, but there was the sequence where you meet Joseph Seed. Oh yeah, and the sun. Like, spoil, spoilers, guys. But yeah, well, I mean, they show him, but they, there's there's a moment where the sun moves to follow him. And I went, what is going on with this game? <laughs> it was, it, it just, in comparison to how they present him in 5 to now, it they made him go from villain to, like, the hero, sort of. And it was just an interesting thing, like, interesting cho- uh, choice to make. I actually really enjoyed uh, New Dawn a lot. But yeah. there was just things that they went kind of half-assed with, like the prepper shacks, and then they, they give you that saw blade weapon, and that's kind of the only one that is. That's the only scrap. cool weapon. Yeah, it's the only scrap weapon that, re- like everything else, just is a scrap-looking version of a normal gun. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping for more kind of radical guns. Yeah, 
but no, nah, nothing the like that. The subway is still, still awesome because it bounces from one guy to the what, next. Yeah, chopping like three guys' heads off. It's really good. Uh, number eight, speaking of Ubisoft, Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Oh, I forgot that came out this year. <laughs> sure did. It sure did. Um, and man, <laughs> take Ghost Recon Breakpoint to Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Night and day difference. Are, are you thinking about the times where me, me, you, and K-Dub played? Uh, yeah. And him blowing himself up a lot. I mean, he's good at that in every game. <laughs> Halo. Uh... He's really good at that. He's really good at that and throwing controllers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I you, pretty sure he threw a few in Division. I mean, you should hear him play Overwatch. I'm surprised his controller still works. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Division 2, it was, uh, the, the bad thing is, I didn't play it. I didn't play Anthem, but it was, for a long time, Anthem versus the Division 2. And I was like, this is this is an easy choice for me. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, like the dude in Indiana Jones said, you chose wisely. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was all about the Anthem train, man. Oh, it looks good. It looks great. Man, Anthem, Anthem we'll talk about Anthem later because it's definitely on my list of something. Hey, <laughs> but it's not, is, it's not a terrible game. I didn't say it was a terrible game. I said it was on my list of something. Yeah. But the flying in that game still is unparalleled. 100%. It feels really fucking good. <laughs> so, uh, number seven. Uh, and then something I think a lot of people are not going to have on their list for some reason, but I enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh, the Dark Picture Chronicles, Man of Medan. It was, it was good. It was better played online co-op. See, I never did that. Online co-op is the best way to play it. Like, local co-op is fine. The passing the controller thing is fine. But having two different experiences between two different people, especially with... And I'm not going to spoil how that game ends, but the stuff they do towards the end of that game when you're playing co-op is fucking cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I can't wait to see their next game. They're doing two a year. The woods, the creature in the woods. Creature in the woods. So I'm excited for that. I, I, I'm excited for what they do next. You know, if, if they want to keep up with these Dark Picture Chronicles stuff. As long as I, they get the library dude back. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's going to be the guy. He's got to be the through line. Yeah. He's, like a, he's like a crypt keeper. He's like the crypt keeper, yeah. He, he's, I wish they'd have got Peter Stormare. <sighs> you, they can't afford Peter Stormare for two games a year. No, they can't. They really can't. But uh, he, he does a really good job. And he, he kind of eggs you on about it. That's the great thing about it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I see you did this. Hmm. I wonder if that'll play out later. Yeah. And it's like, was that a wise decision? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's one of those games. It's like, what is it, like 30 bucks? Like yeah. every time they do one of those, as long as I've got somebody to play with, I'll pay 30 bucks for that. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm there day one every time. Yeah. Uh, uh, number six, Kingdom Hearts 3. That was a video game. Yeah. That was a very long video game. Wow. It uh, took 15 years to get out. (laughs) Yeah, and it's still, still people don't understand it. I don't understand it. 
Nobody understands. I've played every single one of those Kingdom Hearts games, and I still can't tell you what happens in it. Mickey. Mickey's there. He's a king. That's because you didn't take part in the the manga and the tie-in play and all the other weird shit that they've done. Ah, I forgot to get the tickets to the play. I forgot about that. (laughs) But yeah, I'm fucked up now. (laughs) You've been fucked up now for sure. Yeah, Uh, but Kingdom Hearts three, I I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was there was there was some design choices I thought was like "Mm, I don't know about this, like the constant. The Disney ride attraction things. I was like, oh, man. Like, but the thing is, they do the most damage. <laughs> I'm like, so I have to do them. He's gonna watch the sequence over and over again. Yeah, when pretty much. Said, when you just when you said design choices, I was gonna say like fucking zippers everywhere. But there's I a mean, lot of zippers. Zippers are what's hip. Ribbons and all that's, sorts of shit hanging off of all everybody. That Final Fantasy has been since like eight. Every yeah. every square character looks like five minutes into a fight, they'd be too tangled up in themselves to do anything. That's yeah. Mura's design for you. <laughs> yeah, he loves belts and zippers. Shit, give me a second. I just got this random suspender tangled around my shoulder. I gotta find a way to get out of this. Yeah. And you hit yourself with a key. Why not? Sure. But there was some there were some like like the Toy Story world was really cool, and there, there was like so so many like really cool like areas in that game. I think I think that the, my biggest problem with that game is that it still felt like a PS2 game, like combat wise. Like even even the the Toy Story world, as cool as it was, boy, I really didn't want to fight in another Mac. They they, they were very very long in the tooth. Yeah, and it just it wore out its welcome big time. I'm like, wow, this game could have been 15 hours and it'd been awesome. Yeah, but they decided to make it a 35 hour game. Yeah, I didn't need that. And there's a ton to do in it. Oh yeah, like the cooking is like insane, and this like uh, so much stuff in there. <laughs> you you got to call it the ratatouille cooking. Come on, this is ratatouille cooking. <laughs> And Scrooge Fuck. McDuck runs. Scrooge the, McDuck the, is hanging the, out like, "What's the up?" Cafe. Yep. He's like, I, "I, I, use my money to create this cafe, and now I'm making a lot more money." Yeah, because I got the Ratatouille rat. Fucking. Because I got the best chef in the world. The best chef, man. Ratatouille's here. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but I was like, I, I like every time I, I went to a new world, I kind of smiled, except for the Tangled world. I hated that world. What was no, not to, it was Frozen. That's basically the movie, right? Yeah, Frozen is like they recreated the friggin' movie. Yeah, like the, I think that's the that's the longest world, and it's basically just a fucking movie. Yeah, it really is. Like even to the point where they like they kept the song in. Well, of course they kept the song in. They kept the song in and recreated the entire scene, but added like Goofy and Donald and Sora in there. I'm still impressed with the people they got to be in that game. Like. Everybody's well, there. Yeah, they got the real voice actors to do all that stuff. Yeah, it's... I bet that's co- contractually obliged. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean that contract had to be up. Like nobody writes a contract for fifteen. No, years. I don't mean I don't mean that. I mean that if you sign up for the character for Disney, you are you have to play that character. You have to play that character. Hey, War Machine says hello. That was before Disney. That was before died. Disney, uh, it was. Disney would have, Mickey Mouse would have came up behind Mickey him. Mickey Mouse was like, hey, you're not getting out of this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> God. You're not, you're not going to do Empire. Fuck Empire. Off. <laughs> with, with Juicy Smoulet. 
No, Justice for Juicy. I don't. I don't even know who that is. You didn't see that Dave Chappelle special where he talked about? I mean, I've seen that. it, but I st- just because he talked about it doesn't mean I know who it is. Oh, I, I, I've, I, I watched that whole thing unfold. Anyway. Okay. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I'm glad Kingdom we went down this road. Yeah. Uh, number five, uh, Remnant from the Ashes. That game did some things I didn't like, but the other parts of it I really liked. The only thing, it, game of the year, the Heliocatopter. Heliocatopter. <laughs> I found this Heliocatopter. What, what What did you call the game again? What was the title? Remnant from the Ashes. Remnant? Yeah. Okay. You know, oh, I, yeah, learned, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I learned the other day that that game actually takes place in the same universe as one of their other games. A Darksiders? Nope. Kronos. 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 Kronos is from, I want to say, like, the, the mid-90s. It was one of the first games they made. Really? Yeah, and it takes place in the same... It was so... I was listening... I forget what I was listening to, but they were talking about it, and I was like, wow. I did not know that. I didn't either. Huh. I gotta look it up here. I'll tell you when it came out. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes, Jay, you'd probably hate it. Uh, I played it a little bit. I didn't hate it, but I didn't feel the desire to stick with it. It felt yeah. clunky. It felt like Dark Souls with guns and not in a good way. Um, and I didn't like the way the stats and the way the combat worked particularly. So you know, The biggest thing for me was you already had a boss fight that was kind of hard. Why did you throw minions in it? That seems to be a, what they do with every single boss as it well. Is. It is. And it's really... I mean, I think they balance the game in a way where they expect you to be playing co-op with other people. Yes. And that's okay to some degree, but they should have modifiers for co-op and not be the same experience for single player as it is to co-op because way-based combat doesn't work nearly as well in a, in a single player component than it does in co-op. So maybe change that around. But the game itself wasn't like terrible or anything. I just didn't enjoy it that much. No, I actually really enjoyed it. Now, Kronos um, was in 2016. Sorry, Gunfire Games has only been around since 2015. And that was an Oculus game that you're talking about, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's the same universe. It was only released on PC in 2016. Huh, okay. Uh, number four, which is it's, it's weird. I never would have imagined that a game like this would be on my top ten games of the year. But uh, MLB The Show 19... Oh, nice! That was the I, uh, free one, right? Uh, yeah, they they, they yeah. did give it for free. I, I bought it when it came oh, out. Okay. Um, and for about a month and a half there, Overwatch went bye bye for a little while, and I played Road to the Show the entire time. Like when I had a free free time, I would just boot up the show and play it. Yep. And it's a great Road, RPG. It is, and Road to the Show, like in 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 twenty nineteen. They they really upped the game with with the the stats and you know choosing your style of of basically choosing your class of of Cla- player class. Do you have yeah. like so? What was your class? Uh, mine was ah uh, oh, crap. What was it called? The technician. He was, he-, he was a healer. Yeah, I was the healer. Support. Yeah, yeah, the support class. Now, I, it, see, it, it was weird because you chose a type of player. And they would specialize in certain areas. Yeah. Uh, and, and then on top of that, like how you like you do interviews with with like uh, like TV people and stuff like that, and how you responded would give you more points in those certain types of classes. So you kind of stuck to being either the showboat or being the humble guy, 
it's it's it really worked out really well. It was yeah, it, NBA does something very similar, and the 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 that you have gameplay classes in NBA as well. Most of the sports games that have a career are starting to do that thing now, where they're they're becoming more RPGs, which is, is great. That's my favorite part of all of them. So yeah, like, the thing is, is like I I think I touched franchise mode once. Like I played oh, nothing yeah. but. I never play any of those secondary modes unless I was reviewing the game. I never play any of those secondary modes. They're just, uh, I'm there for the career mode in all those games. Yeah. And it was, it's just a great, it was a great one. And hopefully everybody at least downloaded it whenever they gave it to you for free. I mean, I Uh, downloaded it. I never booted it up. uh, You should try it, man. I know. Baseball games take a long time. I don't play road to the show. That's, that's the best part of that game. I, you know, as much as I love like football, I tried to play that mode in Madden, and it kind of sucks. I'm sure the road to the show car- mode is much better. You well, you create a character, you play like you pick your college you go to, you play that college game, um, and then you get drafted into the NFL, and like literally that's when the story ends. Then it's just like just play franchise with your dude. Yeah, see that's that's, that's it's not very good. That's completely different than MLB the Show. Oh um, sure, sure. Yep. Like the the show, and that's the thing. So let me just quickly. Um, that's the the one thing that really differentiates. I, I think the MLB from uh, M- the from NBA Two K Twenty is that um, MLB goes all the way with the minor leagues. Like you, not all the way. You don't play single A, um, but uh, you can you play full double A seasons, full triple A seasons until you get into the majors. It's not like, a, well, we're going to have you play one game in the minors or, uh, you know, NBA does the, uh, here's here's three or two or three college games for you to play to get the sense that your character went to college. It's it's a full out, you get to play in the minors. Yeah. I've in always fact, I, I, you, I end up spending a lot of time in the minors. Yeah. But it's, not, it's not easy to get up there. Right. Yeah, it's I mean most most baseball players don't ever make it out of the minors. So it's uh it's definitely realistic. Yeah. But I I I really enjoyed that. I'd love to go back to it. That's uh, I just haven't had the time to. But uh yeah, <laughs> I was I was addicted to that game for like a month and a half. Just just playing road to the show. Uh my number 3 um a game I reviewed uh on my brand new system that I just purchased uh, was uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Pokemon! And, and uh, the Game Freak haters are going to come after me. No, they won't. No, they won't. They all they bought got it a car. and played it. Well. But uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed Pokemon this year. It was. I need, I need to go back to it. I still haven't touched it. It's it's one of the few Pokemon games that gets you into it really quick. Yeah, I already have like five or six Pokemon, and I only played it for like forty five minutes. Yeah, so it's it's it, they they don't take any, you know they they I say they don't cut any corners, but at the same time they they at least get you into the game faster than the previous games in the series, and I I really enjoyed it. I know, sure, they don't have the national Pokédex. That's okay. There's still a ton of Pokemon in this game, and they've they've done it to where they 
they made that the um, the wild area where it's like an open world area where you can go wherever you want to and catch whatever you want, and it's always there. So like whenever you go from town to town, sometimes you'll cross through the wild area, and it's really good. Like I I can't stress that enough. They have they have simplified that game so much that anybody can pick it up and have a good time with it. And I think it was fantastic. Uh, number two, another game on the Switch. The Legends of Zelda Link's Awakening. Oh, yeah. I adore that game. Yeah, I'm sure that game's going to end up on my list, but I haven't even booted it up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, question I'm going to play you. it with my son. He's he's out of town right now, but as soon as he gets back, we're going to crack that open. So I'm sure it'll end up post, uh, post-mortem on my list. Gotcha. Uh, did you guys play the uh, the Game Boy version of the game before you were going to play, or you did play this game? Yeah, yeah, I played the... I, I played the Game Boy version as well, yeah. I you played guys, both of them. You guys played it and you guys beat it? Yeah. I didn't finish it, no. I okay. I played it when it first came out, but I didn't finish it. See, I, I went into that game, like, new. I never played the Game Boy game. And I thought it was enjoyable, I thought it was good, but, like... It was a straight remake, right? Like it was exactly the same game, just with better graphics, more or yeah. less. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There was there was parts in in certain dungeons. I was like, oh, I totally remember what to do here. I don't know, it, dude. It's, it had been years. Um, I didn't I didn't love it as much. Maybe it just hasn't aged well as other people think. Um, maybe because I went in as a brand new game that came out instead of a brand new remake. Maybe my expectations were too high for the various gameplay mechanics that I was going to see, but I, like compared to another remake that I played uh, a while ago, the 3DS uh, Link Between Two Worlds. Link Between Worlds. Yeah, Link, Link Between, between Worlds. Worlds. Like I play Link uh, to the Past, and I play I play Link uh, Between Worlds, and they're not like one to one remakes at no, all. No, it's not. Well, no. it's not a remake. It's not a remake. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a remake at all. It's a brand new game. But I'd argue if you played like the Majora's Mask remake on 3DS, mm-hmm. expecting changes like that in the new game is understandable too. Like um, in uh, Link's Awakening, right? Like, well, Link's Awakening, the changes come from really the quality of life stuff because the Game Boy only had two buttons, and yeah. now you can map you know items to the, mm-hmm. which is essentially what like uh, Ocarina did for the 3DS. You could switch to the boots by a tap at the screen. It's quality of life stuff, really. Right. Yeah. I I think my expectations were a little too high. Maybe they were uh, they were a bit unrealistic for what it was. But I didn't yeah, it was it was a much. Game Boy game. It was a Game Boy yeah. Zelda game. It was it was really a proof of concept that they could put a Zelda game on a Game Boy. And I feel like the charm of that game was in kind of a weird uh, change of pace for Zelda. It was more of the fact that like the world was far more interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't that, even Zelda, which is why it's funny. Well, it's called that, Legend of Zelda. Right. That too, but like <laughs> if you go and look at the character, like the um, all the villagers in A Link to the Past, they're just kind of most of them are just generic people, and in this particular case, like everybody has their own sort of character to them. So that was the big change in the original game, and that's kind of the draw still. Mm-hmm. But the puzzles. And dungeons that, are by no means the best in the series. Well, the puzzle is my problem with Link, uh, uh, fucking Link's Awakening is that it's so fucking obtuse. Like the whole quest line where you have to collect the items and give them to different people. Yeah. That game tells you none of that. 
Like, how the fuck am I supposed yeah. to know I'm supposed to give a can of dog food to the fucking alligator on the beach? Yeah, you can't back, like, you can't, um, you can't talk to someone and realize what they need backwards, kind of like you can in Ocarina of Time, where somebody's like, my eyes are sore. And then you talk to the professor, and he's like, well, I can make eye drops if you give me an eyeball frog. Who the, fuck, who, the fuck, who the fuck knew that the chain chomp needed a bow? Yeah. Hey, come on. No. I still enjoyed the game. No, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a, a bad game. game. It's just uh It's still uh, one of my favorite Zelda games, but it's just it's not by no, no means for the <coughs> gameplay aspect of it. People told me that it's their favorite like 2D Zelda game, so I was expecting something like like yeah, way, I, I definitely way wouldn't yeah. I definitely wouldn't say that. The, yeah. uh, both both link link to the past and link between worlds are better. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I would I would agree good. with it. I mean, you got a jump button in the Zelda game. That's for two D Zelda game. That's pretty. Neat. I I would argue that the Oracle games are better than a link to the, or not a link to the past. Um, Link's Awakening. Awakening. Yeah. I was gonna say you're not gonna you're not gonna tell me any Zelda games better than a Link to the Past, or I'm just gonna have to fight you. Oh, there's a bunch of them. They're all 3D. <laughs> Fuck no that! No, no, we're not having this. Yeah, we, we're not we're having had, this discussion. We're not having this conversation. We don't have enough we, time for this discussion, bud. We've had it before. We don't need to have it again. Let's move on. Not everybody gets an hour, by the way. Otherwise, we ain't going home. Yeah, sorry. Right. <laughs> um. Don't yeah, worry, mine definitely won't take an hour. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I'm sitting around here 15 minutes before this thing starts. Like, man, is that all I played this year? (laughs) (laughs) That's 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 what my list is essentially. Drew's review schedule. That's what his list is. Yeah, Uh, and then my number one, which is I didn't review it, but I mean, it's obvious. Really? Come on. I mean, it's Overwatch. Yeah, we make this joke every year. It's getting old. (laughs) Stop it. Wait, nice. did you skip number two or Link's Awakening? Link's Awakening. Link's was Awakening two. was number two. Right. Yeah, uh, and number one's Resident Evil Two. Shocker! That's, that's 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 how you do a remake, boys. Ooh man, I you know it's less than ninety days until RE three. I know. Oh man, this is so crazy. Uh, I can't I wait can't to play more worry. Resident Evil, baby. Oh, oh my god, Resident Evil Two, like. Yeah, were... but we should we should probably like set expectation for that, like. RE3 is not going to be as good as RE2. No. No. I don't know, dude. I think it has potential to be even better. Mm, nah, Resident <laughs> Evil 2 is just a better core game. See, that's the thing. Like, my biggest... I think the biggest failings of Resident Evil 2 Remake for me is how they handle the side A and side B differences and then the lack of the zapping system and how there's no cohesive narrative between the two sides as there was in the, the original game. You don't have to worry about that in RE3. It's just one single game where you have divergent paths that generally lead to the same place. So if you actually expand on that a bit more, uh, you won't have that problem with that with that you know narrative problem. So it might be it might be so good. What what I hope is that they make the cha- some those subtle changes that they did in two. Oh, they they will. They will have the yeah. the new map. They'll have the new you know kind of way, the way the inventory system worked, and I, I think all of that'll be there. The Resident Evil 2, man, that's gosh, that, that was amazing. That was my game of the year in like '98 when it came out, <laughs> and holy shit, to still be sitting here talking about this game that came out like what is that now? Ten months ago? Yeah, 
Like you, you look at the top three games of all time for me. Resident Evil Metal, 2's. Resident Evil 2 is one of them. Yeah. You know, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil 2, and Diablo 2. Resident Evil 2 is still, to me, and I know a lot of people don't like this, I still think it's the best Resident Evil game. It is. Hands down. It really is. It was so and good. It's so freaking good, dude. Like that, that remake, like it just had everything. It had everything. It had like this, it felt like you were watching like a, a big budget movie. It was the first game that gave me that holy shit, I love video games feeling in a long time. Yeah. Like the, like, I mean, if you're going back to the old 98 version of it, like I loved Resident Evil 1. Played it so many times. Oh, yeah. And the great thing about it was like they they took everything you loved about Resident Evil 1 and just kicked it up to freaking 11. Like yeah. now you, you, you're not in this little mansion. Now you're in a freaking city, you know? Oh and yeah! Like you're 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 screwed. You can't. You're like you're stuck in this police station. You can't. You don't know how to get out. And there's these crazy monsters running around. And it's it was so good. And this remake just capitalizes on that so well. It's it's one of the best looking freaking games I've ever seen. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, and they just they did such a good job with it. Like the 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 subtle changes of like you know Mr. X is now in everybody's campaign. And like the the first time we get chased by Mr. X, we run to the main hall of the police station, which is, you a, think sa- you're is, a, sa- is a safe yeah. area. And all of a sudden he busted the door. I'm like, oh, my God, we're not safe anymore. I was, you're not I was supposed with, to be here. Yeah, I was playing with a, a, a buddy of mine. Uh, he came over like we, we made an event like the day it came out. We came over. We grabbed Taco Bell, nice. destroyed our bowels. <laughs> grabbed Taco Bell. <laughs> And then we sat down and played Resident Evil 2, just like the old days. And we sat there for five hours and played that game. It was the first game in a long time that as soon as I finished it, I started playthrough. I said, yeah, playthrough. the second, yeah. second uh, playthrough, I did the same thing. It sold me on horror games. Uh, yeah, you never played Resident Evil 2 before. Nope. And I'm telling you right now, one of my favorite things of this year is the just, I'm in a, I'm in a room. And all of a sudden, you just hear the, and I can I know Mr. X is coming because his music, like weird industrial music, is playing. I can hear his footsteps, and so I run to the star's office, and I'm hiding in there. I can hear him pacing outside, and then I hear him walk away <laughs> down the hallway. I, I love that tense feeling. That's what that's what I enjoy about horror. I don't like the pop out stuff that annoys the shit out of me. So like to play a game that is like not only amazing to play, but then they are nailing the horror. I I loved it again. Like just how to sell me on a franchise. It appears on my list. I'm it's, pretty sure I spoiled it last week where it is, but yeah, it's just great because if you like Mr. X, wait till you meet Mr. Nemesis. Yeah, I've heard. Nemesis is God unrelenting. Yeah, he also has a freaking rocket launcher. Yep. So yes, he does, and it sucks. <laughs> Mister X just punches you. But uh, yeah, that's that's my my top ten games of the year. If you want me to talk about my games of the j- decade, I mean, no- maybe maybe we can. Uh, well, since you might be leaving. Yeah, there's only two. There's only two games I actually want to mention. 
I, I figured. I know yeah. one of them. Overwatch. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Overwatch is one of them, and we 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 gush over that game constantly. But there's a whole really, podcast episode about it. There is. Fucking there'll right. Pro- there there'll, pro- there'll probably be more, but the uh, Blizzard is a freaking wizard. They they know exactly how to make that rhymes. Blizzard is a wizard. But yeah, they know how to make everything just perfect. Like that like the the gameplay loop, the the fact that I'm playing the same maps with the same characters with the you know, the same objective, but every single match is different. It's so well executed. Um and I still play it to this day. I played it last night. Yeah. I, I didn't play it last night because it's playoff weekend, but I played it Friday night. Yeah. So, and the uh, other game of the the decade was The Witcher Three. Yeah, that game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That I have not finished it, but I've put enough hours into that to say, hey, this game is is amazing. The the amount of content and care that was put into that game is insane. I have never played an RPG that had that much in it. All of it is substantial. None of it is none of it is is throwaway side quests. Go gather this for me. All of it leads to something major. You know, the Witcher Three. It's not on any of my list at the moment, so I'll talk about it a little bit. The thing that really got me when I was playing through it, um, that kind of dawned on me, is that it's the game that put every other open world RPG game on blast. Basically saying those developers say, "Oh, you make a triple A game, you make it open world. You you can't have that many side quests that are compelling. You just don't have the time. You just don't have the budget to do that kind of thing." Witcher Witcher Three does it. You can't have the graphical fidelity on every single part of the world. You're gonna have terrible textures here and there. Witcher Three looks beautiful, like every single corner of the way. Uh, you're gonna have constant bugs and game breaking things that happens all the time. And Witcher 3, although it had a couple of bugs here and there, none of them were game breaking and they were addressed immediately. It didn't take yeah, years. Yeah, think about the ones that stand out the most from Witcher 3 at this point. It's like the, the it's horse. Roach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like endearing things more than actual things right. that actually bother your enjoyment of the game. And then you come across and then they, they release expansion packs like Heart of Stone and Blood and Wine. That are bigger, more substantial, uh, more elegantly created than most other full games. So yeah. it's one of those games that just come out and say, "Yeah, you can." The other people just aren't doing it. They're just not talented enough. They're not putting in the effort, you know. And that I think that's kind of what The Witcher Three is at this point. It's kind of like Art of Stone is legitimately has a legitimately a better story <laughs> than most full length games. Yeah. What was that uh, antagonist? Heart of Stone, something glass, something like that. Um, oh, missed the. Um, oh, what is his name? Oh, he was he was so God. good. Yeah, that you're final... talking about like the the, the main antagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, I can't remember his actual name. Um, oh gosh, it's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> I'm sure you um, could Google it real quick. Yeah, yeah, but um, his the final confrontation with him was just so amazing. Like, the way they handled it, not just from a narrative perspective, but also in a gameplay perspective, with the puzzle aspect, it's so good. But yeah, yeah the gushing about The Witcher 3. Yeah, yeah, The Witcher 3, like, just my little final thoughts on that was Gaunt- like being... Gontaro Dim, by the way. Yes, yes. The yeah. 
being the fantasy nerd that I am, the fantasy lore in The Witcher 3, in The Witcher in general, is some stuff I was like, who thought of this? Like, when you first meet the crones, and like, something's weird going on in this like cabin in the woods where this woman's got all these kids, and she's got like this secret area of her house that has a painting that's made of human hair. And when she touches it, the crones talk through her. And I'm like, what is this? This is wild. Yeah. To be fair, I think some of that is Slavic lore, but some of it's, um, invented. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, like I, I was just like, this is so weird and so cool. And like, like, I, like it just, it's just weird. And it fits for this world. I'm just like, this is, this would be so weird in anything else. But it works, and like the way Geralt handles himself, and just kind of almost nonchalant about everything. It's so he's good. not allowed to have emotions. That's one of his mutations. That's not true. That's what they accuse him of, at least. But, I know, I know, I know. So I just got yeah. to the part in, in Blood and Wine where you get the next upgrade tree. Oh, cool! Oh, yeah. I did the the quest with the little kid with the letter, which looked like he was wearing like a 1920s football helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to yeah. tip him, but he wouldn't take it. Yeah, wow. that game is. I, there's so many really good things in in uh, Blood and Wine. Anyway, this isn't a Witcher podcast. No, it's uh, not. But although it should be, we need to we need to move on because that was an hour. Yeah, yeah. and there's still four more people to go. So we'll move on straight to Anthony. Through the All next right, one on my through. my list of people. Um. The the worst games I played this year, uh, two of them showed up on the worst games of, I think, Open Critic or Metacritic. So I'm really glad I got to invo- enjoy these pieces of shit. Um, so I actually have three, though. Uh, the first one I'm going to mention is Generation Zero, because while the gameplay wasn't bad, there was nothing to do in it. I bet you didn't even remember that game came out this year, Ken, because I know you played it too. I did play it, and I was look when I was doing my list. I looked through a list of games that came out this year, and I saw it. I was like, "Oh yeah, that game." That game that was nothing to do. You run through a forest, and then you get to an area where there's houses. There's three robots to kill, and then you move on. I made it to, to do the a church. whole lot of nothing, and yeah, made it to a oh, fuck. Anyways, uh, Left Alive. Uh, that's Square Enix. There's there should be. M- this should be better quality than it is. It's, it's half-assed Metal Gear, and it's amazing because Sweary did that on the PS2, and um, like he did his own version of Metal Gear, and he definitely had less budget than this game, and it's far better than this piece of shit. It is so bad. I hate it. But no, the worst one is Decay of Logos that didn't work on my PC, uh, even though it would start up and it would crash. Um, now it's Windows 7 compatible. Uh, I ended up buying that game. And talk about taking the wrong lessons away from Dark Souls. It's just difficult. It's just annoying. I it, That game looks better than it plays. And I was so irritated by the stun locking of certain enemies and just their progression system in general. It's not fun. Um, I have two special mentions for this year. Toe Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove. Fun game. I really enjoyed it. Um, It it didn't make my list, just barely. Um, The other special mention is Days Gone. 
I love the story of Days Gone. I like certain aspects of Days Gone. There's just too much of Days Gone in Days Gone. Um, There's too much bloat, which is disappointing because I feel like with a little bit of editing, that game goes from, I think I gave it a 7.5 just because of how much of the game there was that I didn't enjoy. Um, You take out some of that, just extra nonsense, and that game goes to a 9. I think the writing and the acting in that game are fantastic. Uh, I like the stealth segments, but man, just there's so much stuff I didn't want to do towards the end because it was just kept going. Um, so my top 10, number 10 is Crackdown 3. I know this made a lot of worst of the year lists. I think those people are crazy. If you liked Crackdown and hate Crackdown 3, maybe you didn't really like Crackdown. You just told yourself you did because it came with the Halo 3 beta. Because this is very much Crackdown as someone that went back back to the original. Um, I don't know what you were expecting. This is just kind of pure chaos fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, It was also, you know, free on Game Pass, so that definitely helped. Um, Rage 2, speaking of just chaos it's kind of open world doom and i like that uh we didn't get doom eternal this year uh picked up rage 2 on a sale and i really like rage 2 i keep going back to it um number eight devil may cry 5 yeah i love devil may cry 5 a lot um it's best of DMC mixed with the original Devil May Cry series. I thought it was, it's one of the funniest games of the year. Um, I just, every moment of it, even the final boss battle, which was very hard difficulty spike. (laughs) I, I really loved just even the writing of the characters, like the, the ending when a certain character transforms the fact that they give the middle finger to do so fantastic uh number seven greedfall Uh, wow um we covered one of spider's games in the worst of the worst games even though it wasn't bad i think it it made the top three for all of us it didn't need to be on it in in that Um, list at all but greedfall is so much better drew I'm sure it is, and it's, it's one of the games I really want to go back to. But I've, I've, you know, I understand. Um, number six is uh, a game I finished recently. Actually, it's Black Sad Under the Skin. I had some issues when this game started up, and those issues, both technical and story wise, uh, were made better by the end of the game um it's set up like a telltale game Uh, i have to write my review for it still but uh it's a telltale-esque game that pays off on its um choices both immediately and in the long term i didn't reach them but you can choose to basically end the investigation at any time they'll give you moments where 
it is set up that it's oh it's this person and you can just play stupid and go yep that's it wrap this case up and it gives you an ending um there the way characters will uh, interact with black sad changes based on earlier decisions you make um i just couldn't believe that they were doing that but it also included a bit of like point and click adventure puzzles but instead of using use instead of using the old method of like use item a on item b right they do uh logic where it's like well this piece this piece of information and this piece of information go together so then he makes a conclusion based off of the, those two pieces of evidence and then the story can move along i really loved it the writing is fantastic um it starts off a little slow, but the fact that they could keep introducing a twist and it not feel like it's coming completely out of left field and just to extend the game was really well done. It made me pick up the comic. It's accurate to the comic. Uh, I I really enjoyed Black Sad a lot, which is not usually the type of game I would put in my list. Um, number five is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I actually got to play it because my co- my copy worked because I had it on PS4. Um, yeah, I mean it's Castlevania, and I love that type of game. I there's not much else I can say. I, I pre- gave a pretty glowing review, despite the fact that I address the technical issues with both the Switch and the uh, Xbox One version. Um, number four is Control. Probably my I was at a weird crossroads because I think this was my favorite game to play this year but i can't in good conscience put it at number one it it, i'm torn because i really liked control a lot but in comparison to what i have coming up i couldn't put it at the top of my list it's fantastic i think everybody should play it uh i bought the dlc so i'm just waiting for those to come out but uh, yeah, Control definitely was a contender for number one. Uh, number three is Death Stranding. I can't believe I'm putting that on my list because I'm pretty sure I'm the most vocal <laughs> Kojima hater on the podcast. Um, but man, just him letting loose was probably the best thing that he's ever done. Um there's two moments in this game that I won't spoil that use music in such an important way. They're both on the latter half of the game that I was very much moved. And I think the story was fascinating. I think the craziness of it all was super enjoyable. And I didn't mind the transportation of items back and forth. I I thought I would hate it and I didn't. Number two is Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. I think this is exactly where platforming games should go. Um, lots of changes to the way that the like the overworld maps and choosing levels happen. Uh, the writing is fantastic as well. I think this might be the perfect example of a platforming game. It, it makes New Super Mario Brothers look more like a cash-in than they already did. It's 
kind of embarrassing. I, the closest comparison is like the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze games uh, or uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns games, and then Tropical Freeze was the second. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this was the best way to bring ukulele into another game. I, I was okay with the first one, but this is damn near a masterpiece of platforming. And number one is Resident Evil 2. There's a surprise. Um, yeah, I mean, when it sells you on a genre completely, um, it's really hard to deny the impact it had on you. Because, again, I didn't play survival horror games. I wasn't a huge fan of horror in general. And lo and behold, Resident Evil 2 is uh, my game of the year. I I, I loved it. I loved exploring. Um, I love the fact that it still played bit like a puzzle game as well that they didn't just make it an action game uh there was actual puzzles to solve and as you worked your way through um the police station it just kept felt it felt like it just kept getting bigger and bigger even though everything's there from the get-go it just it felt like it was expanding out infinitely um it, it really made me feel like i was exploring the place and not just kind of walking around in it um man yeah and then uh i i didn't realize we were just doing one game of the decade so i wrote down 10 i'll fly through them uh number 10 is watchdogs from 2014 i really think this was a it's not by it's by no means the best game ever but i think it predicted a lot of what we're going through now in a well-done manner while watchdogs 2 played better control wise it lost a lot of the impact i liked the uh dark souls like invasion multiplayer that watchdogs had uh i felt that was uh a lot of tense moments and i liked the little mini games uh number nine red dead redemption a game i played not last year the year before uh, with drew for my first time and um that's a masterpiece right there i i i was very disappointed with two because it didn't play like one um which i think shows how well red dead one st- uh stands up number eight hotline miami i think this is probably the most impactful uh independent video game to come out in the last decade um it is it has shaped how music is done in video games um and I love it. I love the story. I love the gameplay, uh, the visuals, all of it. Uh, number seven, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Not much to say about it. It's one of the best games out there. I can't wait to see what they do next, though. Unless you're uh, Wombat. Yeah, unless you're Wombat. <laughs> um, number number it's six. It's actually on my games of the decade two list, by hey. the way. No, it's not. Fuck you oh, can. <laughs> Um, Worst games of the decade, maybe. Uh, Number six is an odd one that you won't see everywhere. Gravity Rush. Um, Both the remaster and the PS Vita version. This game oozes charm. I love the main character. The gameplay is absolutely unique. Um, Speaking about visuals, this game is some of the best. I platinumed this game on PS4. I love it so much. The sequel's great too, but it just didn't hit with me the same way. 
Number five and four came out in the same year. Uh, God of War and Spider-Man, there's not much more to say about them. They're some of the best games ever made, especially of this generation. Um, And they go for next to nothing now, so there's no reason that you shouldn't play them. Number three is Dying Light. I know I didn't. I know I said I didn't play a lot of horror games. This is one of the few, and that's because I played it co-op. Um, but even on my own, the moments where you're on top of a bridge and staring down at zombies just below you, and you're trying to steal lights, and it's raining, and it's the middle of the night. Um, this mo- this was a lot of running around, avoiding zombies more than actually engaging with them, but. There was something about it that it didn't feel like a horror game to me. It felt there was a few moments, but it always felt like it was more of an action game with a little bit of like survival crafting. Um, I love it. It also had a lot of parkour, and I'm a big Mirror's Edge fan. Uh, number two is Titanfall Two, one of the best campaigns of a shooter ever. I I clapped like an idiot at certain points uh, just because I was like having such a good time. Um, it's just a feel good game at the end of the day. And it has some of the best mechanics, like the time travel segment. And number one is near automata. I think it's the best example of why this medium is different from movies. Um, It's a blend of gameplay and story in a way that you just can't do without one another. It doesn't hit the same. Um, It's not, it's by no means the best looking game. It's by no means the best playing game. They do both of those very well, um, but together it as a whole, I think it's one of the best games ever made. And the fact that the story is so well written and says something about people, as did the first year, although that game plays like trash. Um, th- this one, it, it, it just it's the the fact that it's dealing with purpose and what it means to be a person in the way that it does it i i love this game it was my game of 20 the game of the year 2017 and it still is one of my favorites i think about it almost daily so uh, <clears throat> that's my games of the decade i'm done we can move on boom nice all right now i'll hit up the wombat all right so um this year was hard for me if i'm being honest uh it um there weren't as many games for like last year there were three games and if i had had more time to play assassin's creed odyssey four games that i could make legitimate arguments for being games of the year um this year it was much harder um i also didn't play a whole lot i mean i i, I spent a hundred hours playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey this year. And that came out last year. Um, but I, I did manage to put together a, a list of 10. Uh, although I was a little concerned that I wasn't going to be able to, um, let me just get worst game of the year out of the way. First it's WWE 2k 20, but guess what? <laughs> you can't even play it now. I know. We it sucks so bad you can't even play it now. I, that might be the best feature of that game. <laughs> uh, it's definitely up there. I, I just can't believe a, like, a Y2K sort of bug happened in 2020. It makes it so much better 
that they number their games the year ahead of when they come out. Uh, because now you can't even play 2K20 in 2K20. Um, that's I love that. It it just makes my day. That game is so no, terrible. Like, we, we know we're working on it. This shouldn't have happened in the first place. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, you've been working on a whole lot of stuff. Um, anyway, so that's going to be my, my worst. Um, I've got a, a, I'm going to put Anthem in, in two places. I'm going to put it in my biggest disappointments, but also in my honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> because I am incredibly disappointed in what that game ended up being, but it's still pretty good. Um, it still plays well. As Ken mentioned, the flying is, is really good. If you just look at it kind of as a um, a fun little distraction, it's it's pretty fun. I mean, if, if you're counting on it to be the Division 2 or what most people were counting on it to be, which was another Destiny, it's it's definitely not there. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good little game to play for 20 hours or so. And it's odd that people would be like, hey, we want another Destiny, but then like Destiny's 2 and but like Destiny 2's engagement isn't as strong as 1's. And like well, it's, people I mean, complained I, about people complained about Destiny 1 as well. So it's just it's people odd. got fatigue with Destiny, I think. Okay, and that's fair. Anthem Anthem seemed like it was in the same vein but different enough. At least this is where I was coming from when it was announced. It was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's BioWare. These guys have never made anything I didn't like. And um it's it's a you know, it's kinda like Destiny, but it looks different enough. I'm super excited for it, and then it came out and it was a big wet fart. So um I was disappointed in it, but it is it is still pretty good. Um I'm gonna add um the all the um recently released Beamdog um Bioware RPG collections that re-released recently. Um, I'm going to add those as an honorable mention as well. I feel weird including any of them on a game of the year list because they all came out 20 years ago. But the collections are well done. The remasters are well, not remasters, the, the, the build for consoles are well done. So I feel like I at least need to mention them. I mean, you could... Resident Evil Two is on the list, and I realize that's a bigger change. Yeah, but, but that's like, that's a that's a completely, completely new game. game. But yeah. I mean, like, I had a feeling that visually the games look similar that you and and play similarly. But I feel like that's got to be on a new engine. The uh, um, I, I, Dog ones. Yeah, I don't know if it's technically a new engine or not. It. I mean, they they look like the way you remember the games looking, not actually okay. how they looked. Um. I'm going to add Pokemon as an honorable mention too, just because I haven't played it. But from what I've watched my son play, it looks really good. Um, so it's it's going to take an, an honorable mention spot on my list. All right. We're going to go through these relatively quickly here. Number 10 um, is Luigi's Mansion 3, which is an exceptionally good game. And a continuation of an exceptionally good series. Um, Nintendo kind of um, knocked it out of the park with a um, another one of those dang Mario Brothers. Um, they have uh, they have done uh, 
three really good games now in that series. So um, I'm a I'm a big fan of the series and also a big fan of this most recent one. Uh, speaking of Mario Brothers, number nine on my list is Mario Maker Two. Um, just based on the sheer amount of things you can do in that game, um, and it's kind of a um, uh, makes the first one sort of obsolete. Um, being on the Wii U makes the first one obsolete. Hey, listen, I've got like 25 Wii U games upstairs, so my Wii U still exists and is uh, a beloved member of my family, so you hold your tongue. Hey, I still play mine, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but no, it's Mario Maker 2 is, is really good. I, I enjoy the variety that they've, they've added to that, and I look forward to seeing them continue to expand that series. Um, number eight is Ace Combat 7, um, which anybody who, who's been listening to this for a long time knows that I love um, air combat games, uh, both spaceship air combat and uh, dogfighting. And this game is a really good one. And it's got an anime-ass anime, anime oh, yeah. story in it. Um but it's fun still. Like the the story is is still fun and enjoyable, uh, and the characters in it are pretty good. Even if there's some uh, some characters in it that I kind of side eye a little bit. Um, am I so? Other than Ken, are we the only two who played this game? I didn't. Anybody know. else I wanted to? About seven. Um, I need to pick it up. I've been waiting for a sale. It's still expensive in Canada, but I want to pick it up because I know there's VR. Too, and I know the VR is not a lot, but the fact that they have it, I want it. Yeah, yeah I want to try out the VR. So it's on my to get list at some point or another. Yeah, it's, it's a good yeah, game. I'm telling you guys, it's really good. Um, <clears throat> and I'm I'm a little bit um, uh, disappointed that I, I haven't heard more people kind of talking about it. But I think everybody's in the same boat. I mean, I, I didn't buy it until a month or so ago because for the same reason. So I'm hoping it's one of those games where. Early next year, we start hearing people say, oh, yeah, remember Ace Combat 7? That game's actually pretty good. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's one of those franchises from the PlayStation era that people think they want, but then nobody buys. Right. Yeah. Which is why they don't make them anymore. Uh, 100%. Up, like, speaking right now, the, the digital copy with the um, season pass is 55 bucks. Oh, I might do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about the season pass content. Um, I paid I twenty. I paid twenty five bucks for it, and it is well, well worth the twenty five bucks for sure. Yeah, um, just the, if you can get the base game super cheap, I haven't touched the DLC, but the base game is is substantial. Yeah. Um. Next on my list, number seven is NBA Two K Twenty. Exceptional sports game, exceptional career mode. It's it's just a really, really good all around sports game. Um, after the um, they took a, a sharp left turn on career mode a couple years ago, um, they uh, they really put together a story in this that was um, compelling and uh, was relevant and uh, spoke to some real world things that are happening in and around the world of sports. Uh, so I, I really appreciate the story that they put together for that game and the game underneath. It's really good too. Um, number six, and I'm probably going to get some shit for putting it 
at this point on my list, but I don't care um, because it's my list, um, is Sekiro. Um, It's a a really good game. It's a really good game. And it plays really well, and the aesthetic is right up my alley. Um, I wish it was easier. I'm I'm just going to say say it. How far did you get? I am... um, Let's see. I'm... So here's the thing. Uh, I probably am not very far because I spent two hours trying to do the same thing. Um, so I am, I've got the, I've got the, the flame vent and the axe. I went and did the, the like flashback castle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spent two hours trying to beat the flashback castle and never could finish it. Um, so I went out and started doing some more stuff outside of the flashback castle. Right. Uh, I've probably played it for a total of uh, seven, eight hours. Okay. So, um, enough to know that it's really good, but also enough to know I will never finish it. <laughs> You're like, I, I, just being realistic. Like, I will, I, I genuinely will never finish it. And it's a shame to me. And I know that I'll get complaints about that. And I know that people will say, well, it's just not the game for you. But here's the thing. It is like in every aspect, except the fact that it's so fucking hard. It is 100% the game for me. Um, it's in an area of history that I love media about. Um, it's the aesthetic is perfect for my sensibilities. Um, I am so interested in what happens in the story. I just know that I'm never going to finish it. Um, and that's, it's more disappointing to me than anything else because it's really good and I love the story. I'm just, I'm never going to finish it. Um, just to say like, I'll keep it around to play as I decide to, uh, play it because it it is exceptionally good. Um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not good enough. That's the way I'm going to put it to finish that game. You said you're going to get shit for where it is on your list, but the last two people before you didn't even have it on their list. So No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I I just mean like uh, really I know I said I'm going to get shit for where it's at on my list. Really I meant more I'm going to get shit for why it's where it's at on my list. Um It's too hard. Yeah, it's it, listen, I'm not one that's going to sit here and try to make excuses about it or anything. I said when we had this discussion before um, the, my, my three things about this game have not changed. They didn't change before I bought it. They haven't changed since I played it. The, the first one is that they are ab from is absolutely 100% within their rights as a developer to make the game however they want to. And if they want to make it hard with no difficulty level changes that is absolutely in their wheelhouse to do they can do it all day long and i will never um give them shit for making games the way they want to make games number two anybody who says that it's not possible for them to add difficulty levels or to have had difficulty levels or anything like that is lying and and number three um I'm not good enough to play this game. <laughs> Those are the three things that I've said before I even bought it, and they haven't changed. Um, so I don't have the time to be good enough to play this game. 
That's just the reality of the situation. Um, so I will enjoy what I can of it and rest in the comfort of the fact that um, if I want to to play a ninja game, um, I have the ability to do so. It's just probably going to kick my ass for an hour and I'll probably make no progress. Um, again, this is a game that I like. So before anybody accuses me of Breath of the Wild and uh, Sekiro, it is a game I like. I just recognize my limits at 38 years old. Jay, I'm confident that you have commentary. Uh, uh, I I just have more faith in you than you have in yourself, man. I, I don't think you understand my time situation. That's the challenge. Hmm. Um, if 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 Sekiro was going to be the only game that I played mm-hmm. um, for a year, I'm sure I could probably finish it. It's not going to be the only game I play for a year. Right. I don't like it that much. I'm just being honest. Like, if if I liked it enough to um, put a hundred hours in it, like I did with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I would absolutely be able to finish the game. I would get myself to a point where I could finish the game. I don't like it that much. Right. I get you. That's so. I, I'm 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 confident in my. Yeah, uh, it, it's not a game that works for my play style which is like two hours or three hours every week it requires a little more muscle memory than that so yeah, anyway I, I, though, I know where you're coming from it's uh <laughs> i i've, I've never been the type of person to uh like point fingers about about things but just like you said you can do it you just don't want to spend the time that it might require you to do it and personally 100%. i think yeah i think you could probably do it in less time than you're approximating because dude i got stuck in that game too for for a little while it took maybe like three hours of constant trying on like one boss and then after that point they clicked and then everything else was easy at that point so, so. I, I recognize where you're coming from but what you got to understand for me is that a three-hour gaming yeah session yeah, yeah that's is what this i mean podcast if i'm lucky um so the and it's it's they're a week apart or it might be two weeks apart between three hour gaming sessions. Um, and in that time, I'm just, I'm not gonna, I might not even remember what the controls do. Um, so, you know, again, if, if I were at a point in my life where I played games every day and I could develop the instincts and muscle memory that I would need, you're probably 100% right. Um, it just, it's not a game that works for me as someone who, who might play four hours of games a week if I'm lucky. I get you. So, it's, again, though, that doesn't mean that I don't recognize that it is exceptionally well designed. <laughs> you, don't, um, you, don't have to, you don't have to keep defending it, man. We get it. It's, it's, it's well, good. It's I'm gonna t- I, I want to make sure that that point is clear because I'm going to bring it up later uh, okay. um, in a, when discussing a different game. Um, anyway, next on the list is... Number five, and I, I rank this list higher than the only other person who have who has mentioned it so far, but that's Crackdown 3. Um, I loved Crackdown 3, and maybe that's because I walked into it knowing exactly what it was. Um, but for me, for the runtime of that game, um, I consistently had a good time playing it. And um, I enjoyed the structure 
I enjoyed the the boss fights in that game. Um, I enjoyed, you know, moving around the city. I, I, I really liked that game a lot. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. The fact that the fact that it was free is like still blows my mind, not free, but, but essentially free. And, Um, and like the fact that people have been hating it so much. Uh, bothers me because I, I really it was fun the only reason why it's so low is because it's just i played some stuff that i just had to put up close uh, closer to the to top to be fair you played a lot more stuff <laughs> this that, year right but 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 i mean it is is exactly what i thought crackdown was and a little bit more and i, I was super pleased with it it's it's fun i just would put on like a podcast and run around and just blow stuff up and sometimes that's all i need so yeah, I agree. Uh, number four is Yoshi's Crafted World. Um, that game is exceptional, and as someone who played uh, more than is healthy of Yoshi's Woolly World when that came out, it's everything I wanted in a sequel. It um, it's a tremendous game. Most importantly for me, it's a tremendous couch co-op game um, that I could play with my son. And uh, we had a ton of fun playing through that game. And then the fact that even once you get through it, there's so much other things to do, um, levels to play backwards and um, with the Poochie Pups and all that stuff. And uh, so so many different things to find and collect. That game is tremendous and um, did not, unfortunately, I don't think get as, as much love as it should have this year. Um, so uh, my suggestion would be if you have a Switch, um, you should should play that game because um, it's it's really really good. Um, number three is the Outer Worlds, um, exceptional RPG. I haven't finished it yet. I need to go back and finish it now that I'm done with some other stuff. Um, it, the dialogue in that game is great. The story is really good. Um, they nail the humor. Um, shooting is pretty good not great but pretty good um and the the i can't remember what they call it it's not the vat system but it's a replacement for the vat system what's it called anybody remember i do not isn't remember. it like time dilation or something like that it's something like that yeah that that system is is really good like it's it's a natural evolution of the vat system so um i really enjoyed that game i can't wait to uh to go finish it up uh now that i've got some other stuff done also in Game Pass. Also in Game Pass. That's true. Although I'm, um, oh yeah, that's what I played it on. That's right. I forgot for some reason I had it in my I'm, head that I played it on PS4, he, but I did. I mean, it if I if I could, I would literally put Game Pass as one of the top ten games. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a great point. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a great point. Great that Auto Five is in there right now. Yeah, that just. I came know. Out. That's Man. crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane to me. The uh, and what's funny about Grand Theft Auto Five is that game still sells um, and hasn't really even when it drops in price it doesn't drop in price you know what I mean like I bought yeah. Anthem for five dollars um, Grand Theft Auto hasn't been lower than probably twenty fifteen yeah. maybe nineteen ninety nine um, I think is the cheapest I've seen it yeah so um, it's it's crazy to me. That that's in Game Pass. Game Pass is is absolutely the best uh, money that I spend on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, 
number two is Mortal Kombat 11. Um, I don't know quite what else to say about that game other than the fact that um, as someone who is very invested in the story uh, and the lore of Mortal Kombat, I appreciated so much what they did in Mortal Kombat 11. I thought that story was exceptionally well done. Um, I love all the extra stuff in that game. The gameplay is fantastic. Um, it's, uh, you know, I spent a ton of hours playing it this year. Um, and I, I'm, I'll leave the rest for Ken to talk about cause I'm sure it's near the top of his list. Um, the, uh, number one for me is Jedi Fallen Order. Um, which I, I just completed actually this weekend. Um, and I've got um, this is where this is where it gets a little weird for me because, um, like I mentioned last year, I had I'm gonna I'm gonna include Assassin's Creed Odyssey in last year, even though I played most of it this year. There were four games that I could have fought and scratched and clawed and easily made a case for Game of the Year for, and this year my Game of the Year is a game that legitimately has some real problems um and i i love it i loved the entire playthrough um i love the characters i love the story i loved what they were trying to do with it having said that my system hard locked twice um playing the game um i had several situations where um i textures wouldn't load in and everything just kind of looked like a N64 game for a little while. Um, the, there's some platforming aspects of that game that are suspect as can be. Um, and the, um, uh, the, the Mario 64 sliding down the hill shit can just run off in a field and die as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I have no idea. Number one, why they felt it was so important to include that. And number two, why there had to be so much of it. Yeah. Um, like every five minutes you're sliding down a hill. Um, yeah, but, but this is where Jay, I say that I want to make sure I clarify the point about Sekiro earlier. Um, Sekiro executes very, very well. But it doesn't, it didn't grab me the same way that this game grabbed me. And it made me want to keep playing it and finish everything up. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I was having some difficulty with some parts of the gameplay. Um, And by the way, there's a difficulty setting in this game. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, The, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's very, very clearly the game has influences from God of War, the most recent one. Um, just in terms of the way they handle some of the camera shots and, you know, climbing through tight spaces to hide load times and, and some of that kind of stuff. Um, it, it very clearly has influences from the Souls series playing Sekiro and then going right into this. Um, you can see the, the similarities very quickly. Um, but 
it's got um, uh, number one. Let me just say that BD One is now my favorite Star Wars droid. Uh-huh. Um, I love I love him in this game. Um, in general, I felt like the characters were really good. Um, some of the enemies were were really well done as well. Um, the planets um, were really fun to try and go around and explore and discover things on. Um, you know, it's a, it's a game where as I sit right now and I finished it up yesterday, when I finished it, I had a couple planets complete 100% and two or whatever many there are three probably left that, um, are at 90%. I could probably pretty easily go back and clean everything up and may eventually do that. Um, be just because the planets were a lot of fun to explore um and they were uh they were really cool to look around so um fallen order is uh is my number one game of the year and i think the best thing i can say about that game is i am convinced that you could take not every piece of the story but the major chunks of the story and the overall gameplay of that and completely <clears throat> completely remove it from the star Wars license. And, um, it still would be an amazing game, uh, which I think is, um, is a testament because you, you don't find a lot of games that are, uh, licensed where you could remove the license completely and still have just as good of uh, a game. And I, I really honestly think you could with that game. Um, and I will say it made its way to number one on my list. Um, specifically because of the last two hours, um, the last sort of sprint of that game is tremendous. Uh, really, really, really good. And the, um, uh, the way it sort of comes together at the very end, uh, was incredibly satisfying. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, what else they do in that universe. Cause it's, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get a sequel. Um, so that's it. That's my list. Let me do quickly games of the decade. Um, in no particular order, uh, I'm going to lump all the dragon age games together and just say dragon age. And I'm including origins, even though it came out in November of 2009, because it's my list and screw you. Um, so I'm lumping all the dragon age games together. Um, mass effect two is amazing. Uh, the most recent God of War, Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Grand Theft Auto V, um, Breath of the Wild, Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, Skyrim, and The Witcher 3. All right. Well, Jay, we, you and I have 10 minutes. Okay, cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> no, uh, that's it. <laughs> All right, let me let me get my list out real quick. Uh, thankfully, and uh, it's a blessing in disguise that I haven't had as much time this year to play games as I did in the previous years for the same kind of reasons. <clears throat> but I'll you know I'll, I'll I'll go pretty quickly, especially on games that we already kind of covered. Um, bottom of the list starts with Death Stranding. I think it's one of those games that um, has so many flaws. It has nearly as many flaws as it has strength. 
And it's, it's weird that it's still on my list, despite the fact, because the strengths that it has uh, actually kind of end up overwhelming the weaknesses in a lot of ways. Um, the whole idea of, oh, it's, it's a series of fetch quests that you do, and that's basically the game. And that is not inaccurate to the most part. Because that's that's basically what you do. You do deliveries and stuff. But that also doesn't speak to the volume of the storytelling, the visual fidelity, which I think uh, I think me and Ken both agree that this is probably one of the best looking games out right now, especially in HDR. Um, yeah. Also, doesn't have any problems with performance, by the way, that a lot of the other games have. Like for example, games like Control, fantastic looking game, but it has tons of performance issues. You know, regardless of where you play, Death Stranding doesn't have that. It's been created really well, <clears throat> and it's one of those games that I just wanted to finish from from you know when I booted it up till I finished it. It's the only game that I wanted to play until I was done with it, and I think that kind of tells me that the story and the characters really grabbed me. <coughs> and in a weird way, I think Hideo decided to go a little overboard with the storytelling to some degree. In a way where he decided to over-explain things, which weird, right? Can like that's not his yeah, style. Yeah, there it was. It was weird to feel the handholdiness of him explaining how things worked, especially the exposition dump towards the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like that whole thing. Um, that really like this is one of those cases where he could have definitely used like an editor saying like, yeah. Nah, nah. Let's step, let's step back from that for a second. I- I mean, not only in just the story, but the gameplay. Like, yeah, the double, the double credits really threw me off. Oh. Um, the the fact that they're like, not just the double credits, but the Emily, on, Emily on the beach explaining everything. Yeah, I was like, I, didn't like that part I, I get it. I I got it. Okay, and they're like, I, oh, but this. I'm like, I already knew that. I'm good. Let's the, come on. The running on the beach sequence was. Neat at first, and then I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You weren't supposed to do anything, and that's exactly. the point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that is one of there. That is one of the moments where, like, the music started up, and I went, "Oh shit, okay." Um, but yeah, the, this game. As high as it placed, I I will fully admit that there is a lot of faults. But like Mm -hmm. Jay said, like it was just this game where I was like, I was so pulled in by it that like all those disappeared, and I was just fixated on finishing the game to the point where it was it like I was in the end segment. I said, I'm not putting this down. I'm I'm finishing this now. Yeah. It's a game that I didn't necessarily enjoy playing, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yep. Yeah. This, and uh, we were all kind of curious about what Hideo was going to do with total control over a property, and he did well, man. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy to see him come out with a title uh, that not only is it totally unique to anything out there, which I think is the main point of what he wanted to do, but also despite all the you know, pretentious things that he said about the game. It does deliver on most fronts. And, um, yeah, kudos to him, man. Very excited to see what, uh, you know, what they do next, whether it's a movie, whether it's a game, I'm down. You know, he's proven himself to me at this point for a long time ago. So I'm down for whatever whatever else he's got next. Uh, number nine is uh, Slay the Spire, 
it's this is probably the the indie game that I put the most amount of time in this this game uh, this year. Did you guys did you guys play that at all? I think I downloaded it at one point because it's on Game Pass, but I never it actually is, played it, it. So it's this. I'm 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 probably gonna make you uninstall this game when I say these words. But um, it's it's a deck building game. I knew what it was. It's a, it's a, it's a roguelike deck building game, <laughs> and. Um, there, there isn't much straight progression as far as what you keep from time to time, but it's built in a way where you kind of learn as you continue to climb. You continue to see the, the cards that are available for your class that you choose, and you end up starting with these kind of really basic, easy-to-understand decks, and then end up coming up with these really complex, uh, crazy synergy decks that you never even thought possible. And when you start getting those combos rolling, it's really satisfying. And the feeling of it going from, wow, this is impossible. How can you possibly do this? To actually just doing it when you're you're just in the groove of things is really satisfying. And I think this is a game that really uh, emphasized that point quite well. Um, number eight is The Outer Worlds. It's one of those games that scratched an itch that I didn't know I had, like... I didn't finish Fallout 4. I didn't play Fallout 76. I didn't play like open world, like sh- you know, first person shooting games uh, recently. <clears throat> Mostly because the ones that I played just didn't really interest me. Didn't really grab me. But the Outer World, just like Ryan said, feels like uh, a natural evolution uh, of that of that series with the whole VAT system. And you know, Fallout is not known for its gunplay. You know, the you use VATS because you have to use VATS to actually get an accurate shot at the thing that you want to shoot at because aiming down the crosshair and shooting just isn't good enough. But in the outer worlds, it is. It is good enough. You're, you don't have to worry about your shots not ending at the places where your crosshair is at. Um, it's pretty satisfying to do. The characters, while I think they could have been a little bit more interesting because I thought their designs were a little generic here and there, um, they because they just look like some dude, some girl, some dude, some girl, and a robot. And it's like maybe they could have done a little bit more with that. But their actual uh, characterizations, the things that you do, like their character quests, like one of them is basically uh, you trying to set up a date with with a with a, with a woman that this girl has has a crush on. So you go around the world, uh, you go around the literal universe trying to get her suited up for her first big date, and it's really endearing and charming in a lot of ways. Uh, it's not just about the end of the world, and I thought that was she, really good. She's an exceptional character, too. She's good, yeah. Uh, initially, I was like, she's just some mechanic, but once she started really getting to know her, she's great. Um, and the Outer Worlds really deliver on that front, and um, yeah, it just... You can kind of tell that uh, this is the game that people wanted Fallout to be, and um, hey, we don't we don't have to wait for Fallout anymore. We have these guys. And uh, they know what they're doing. And uh, number six is... Am I at number six or number seven? I think I'm at number, number seven. I can't, see, I can't see your list. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> the numbers are hard, okay? Uh, number seven is Control. Um, I've always known that uh, these guys are really good. I liked Ellen Wake. I didn't like Quantum Break. I thought it was a, it was a really big misstep for the company. Uh, the way they tried to... To push the gameplay and the whole pseudo live action choose your own adventure that didn't really work for me, so I didn't really enjoy that. But control feels like a return to form for them. The way it plays, the way it looks, the the out there storyline, and not just the overarching narrative, but the whole idea that 
this whole universe where Alan Wake and all these other games take place is within this one contained universe of these oddities uh, is very, very cool. And trying to even just like reading up on these, what are those icons like? They're artifacts, objects, or of, objects of power. Yeah, objects of power. Just like like that whole segment with like the fridge, for example. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's disturbing. It's funny, and it's fascinating at the same time. Those things, and uh, that's that. Those are three three keywords that I would use to make any game compelling. And it decided to do pretty well at that. So yeah, um, number six, Devil May Cry Five. Devil May Cry's back. There's nothing I gotta say. The uh, like the characterizations of Dante, Virgil, uh, Nero, all fantastic. Nero's growth as a character actually really was uh, endearing in this game because his his relationship with Virgil and how that plays out. Um, the gameplay is probably the best Devil May Cry has ever been. Uh, I wish the level design was a little bit more varied. I think uh, they cheaped out on some areas where there's kind of like just corridors to cage you into the next fight and on, 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 which, um, you know, could have been a little bit better with the samey looking graphics. But uh, because the combat was so good, because the story and the characters were endearing, I was able to push through and, you know, not really have any problems with that. And also those live action cutscenes, make that a Devil May Cry tradition, please, because they're so good. You got to pay for them, though. <laughs> Um, worth it. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> no, it's it's totally worth it. But yeah. I think they should have just they yeah. It should have been part of the game. I agree. But uh, yeah, those were too good. They were so good. I did I did my like new game plus with the live action on. I was like I was laughing the whole way through. Oh yeah. Um, uh, number number five is Resident Evil. Uh, you know, remake two, I guess. And I think everything that needs to be said about that game has been said. The way it does survival horror is the right way to do it without having to stick with the whole, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the static camera pre-rendered backgrounds. Those are all good for its time, but I think the developers recognize that you can still do survival horror without having to take control away from your players. And I think it really symbolizes that quite well, not just because of the way the game looks and the way it plays, but because every single decision you, you make, whether you decide to kill a zombie that is in your way that might alert a liquor over there, that might alert Mr. X over there, each of these factors by themselves are not significant. But once they become combined, once they're in a battle arena where you have to consider every single thing that might happen as a consequence to your own actions with the limited resources that you have, that is what survival horror means to me. And uh, it, it really got that uh, really well. I just wish the the A and B side were different. I I wish they formed one cohesive story. That's the only fault. Other than that, it was fantastic. <coughs> Number four is the Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Drew said this is no one to put expansion, but this is basically like a sequel to Monster Hunter World with how big it is. Uh, the the things that they did not only by adding the new monsters and the areas which you might suggest you might expect. But by changing the actual core gameplay with the additional move, uh, uh, move abilities that you have and the way you can equip yourself changes that gameplay totally. Like it makes, it makes it feel like a new, better game. And I think, um, it kind of goes above and beyond for what an expansion is and ends up kind of being its own thing, which I, I really thoroughly appreciate. Uh, number three, I think this may have also been in my last year's list. But I'm not sure. 
No, it probably wasn't, but I probably put Cold Steel 4 on it because I played the uh, the Korean import. But uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3 finally came out in the States. A lot of people were worried because XE was no longer doing the localization. But uh, Nisa really pulled through. You know, They hired a lot of the people that uh, came from XE, came from the other Trails games, and they did the localization right. It's not they didn't have another East Eight fiasco where they needed to do basically recall the translation of the game. So they learn from their mistakes. <clears throat> They're doing right by the series. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got like a sword throat going on. And um yeah, I'm just excited to see Cold Steel Four and the the sequel to that game, which was recently announced in Japan. I just wish they would come out a little sooner, but I'd rather they do it right than just to kind of do a half-assed job because these games are very lengthy. They're very big projects, and uh, I can, you know, I've already played for it. I mean, I guess I can wait for the English translation. But, uh, yeah, yeah, really good stuff. <clears throat> Number two, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, when I reviewed Fire Emblem Awakenings, I, I think I reviewed that game, I said that it was the game that put Fire Emblem back on the map in the States. And kind of elevated its status as a franchise. And Fire Emblem Three Houses is that, again. Exactly in the same kind of way. It took Fire Emblem, which has gained a bit more notoriety over the years in the States. And elevated to, it is now going to be one of the biggest <clears throat> biggest Nintendo exclusives going forward. It's just like, I think it's... I'm not going to say it's anything crazy. Like It's got the same kind of appeal as something like Mario. But in terms of notoriety, I think it's right up there with like Metroid at this point. Because of how well the exception, uh, the reception for this game and the previous game has been, uh, I think they're going to be taking this game more and more seriously. And what they did with this game, the whole three-campaign uh, idea uh, with the different houses, the way they do... The uh, the support conversations with full, exceptionally well done voice acting. Um, it just it's just a pleasure to play. The characters are charming. The the gameplay is made in a way where I think <clears throat> when you're when you wipe in a strategy RPG game or you lose a character in hardcore mode that is your favorite, the inevitability is that you're just gonna reload the save and then that's you're just gonna have to start from where you left off or where your last save point was. That just loses you time. I get that it's a punishment for you making the mistake, but there are cases in these strategy RPG games where you get kind of blindsided. That's not your fault, and when you lose characters because of it, you feel cheated. But Fire Emblem introduces an ability that is uh, limited, but you can still rewind time a certain amount of turns to go back to those points where you made those crucial mistakes or where you were kind of blindsided in a certain way. It's the fairest Fire Emblem game that I played because of that. Because you can't keep doing it forever because you only have so many you know, charges of it. But it also makes you more in control of the uh, the actual action. You can also do all sorts of things with uh, the growth of your characters. Make them be whatever you want them to be if you put in the work. And I think that's great. Um, yeah, that's really, oh, really fantastic. And number one <clears throat> is uh, Sekiro. Shatters died twice. Shocker! Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's one of those things like, <laughs> I understand where Ryan and a lot of other people are coming from. Um, I get that. Like, I'm I'm in a situation where the games that I play the most nowadays are like Hearthstone on a phone in the bathroom when I'm taking a dump. That's like, <laughs> that's where my life is at right now. Like, I come home, 
I'm like too tired. I got to do run some errands. I like put something on Netflix, not barely even watch it while I'm doing some other stuff on the side. Um, so I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell people how to, how to live their life and, you know, spend their, you know, their time in so, so much ways. But, um, in the way that I think Ryan felt compelled to go through Jedi Fallen Order, despite, uh, some difficulties here and there, I felt the same way about Sekiro because to me, the way that game explains its mechanics to you, the way it escalates the difficulty ever so slightly to the point where you can get to that part where you have attained mastery over what the game wants you to do. It's it's by practice, it's by time, and it's because of the fact that this is not like any other Souls game. I mean, you know, just dodging and attacking just not going to work. You got to be able to time those pairs, time those blocks and everything. So you have to learn a brand new thing. So it's going to take even longer than most of the other uh, Soulsborne games. And because of that, a lot of people were turned off and that's fine. But I saw that as a way of introducing myself to a brand new world, the mechanics. And I think they did it in a very fair way. And once I clicked, it just, it was like magic. And there was a couple of moments in Sekiro that I think will go down in like gaming history as some of the some of the best, some of the most shocking moments in gaming ever. Because I've never felt more unsettled during a boss fight than I did in one of Sekiro's fights. It's not even a horror game, but there was a point in the game where I didn't attack the boss, not because I was scared to die, I was just afraid to approach it. Because it creeped me out so much, and I was just disturbed. And like moments like that trickled in with like you know moments of victory after having to try for so many. Like I, I'm not the type of person that has to try for many hours to beat things. But one boss in particular took me like an hour to like get it done well. Like I could have probably cheesed it a little bit, but I wasn't looking to cheese it. I just wanted to beat it in the proper way. <clears throat> but that experience was a teaching moment that I needed for the rest of the game to click. So. That's just how it went. And uh, I will claim here and now that this is the best game FromSoft has ever made. Better than Dark Souls, better than Dark Souls 3, better than Bloodborne. From a technical, from a performance, from a story, from a gameplay mechanic. Um, well, I think I think from like story and like narrative standpoint, that's kind of, you know, I guess subjective. But from all the other aspects, I think it's just the most polished, uh, best crafted a world uh, that they've never made, and Elden Ring. I don't know what that is. Nobody but, does. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I bet you, like, it's gonna be something like Sekiro, where you're gonna have to learn a whole another thing, where your skills from another game can't really transfer over easily. So you're gonna have to do a whole another learning session. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm in for it. Um, and I'm just gonna do actually two games of the decades. Um, I thought about long and hard about it. I think the most easy answer for me would be Dark Souls as far as what it did for the gaming industry and what it did for, you know, I guess um, the generation of gamers to come. Because that game came out in, in, a, in an era where games were becoming basically hand-holding experience. You just follow Ramirez or whatever to the next checkpoint you know, the enemies basically shoot themselves in the foot. You move to the next point. Oh, you die. The checkpoint was two seconds away. 
just start from there. And while there's nothing wrong with those games, when you kind of want to turn your brain off and just kind of go through a roller coaster ride, we were going to the point where challenge was seen to be something negative instead of an alternative way to enjoy the game. And I think Dark Souls kind of reintroduced the aspect of how you can overcome challenge and it can become something that is very satisfying for you to enjoy. And it became more mainstream than anyone could have possibly predicted. And now the the amount of games that kind of ride its coattails is, is numerous. But also, you know, the fact that people are more willing to go in for a game that might challenge their, uh, you know, skills, um, take a little bit more time and whatnot. I think that's been mo- mostly positive for what it is when done correctly. But for my personal taste, uh, my game of the decade would actually be Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. The original release on the PSP that actually got the whole ball rolling for me for the Legend of Heroes series. And since then, it has become the most influential, most important RPG game series in my life. As far as like, it was back in the day, it was something like Final Fantasy, you know, like Final Fantasy VI, like 9, 10. And those games were like the most important games. Those were the games that I was most looking forward to as they were coming out. But I think that's kind of like shifted over. I think a lot of the old school like uh, RPG series have kind of lost their way. Um, whether they're just chasing the new, you know, visual fidelity, uh, you know, trying to make it the best looking game or whatever, but they've lost kind of their soul along the way where you're supposed to be making these games where you know, you, there, there's these compelling characters in the world that you just want to explore. Um, and you have all these complex but enjoyable combat mechanics that really makes your, makes your character feel like they're growing over time, not just, you know, from their individual, like, uh, personality standpoint, but also as in their strength and everything. I think Legend of Heroes just, just gets it. They're, they're never going to have the budget that a Kingdom Hearts game or a Final Fantasy game is going to have. But they will always spend the most amount of time building up the world, building up the character. They're going to have more dialogue, more scripts than any of those games because they know kind of what matters for uh, an RPG game. And I think that is kind of like the soul that it has. And it's continuing to carry it on throughout the PS2, um, PS3 era with the, the Cold Steel series. And uh, hopefully when they come out with the, the, the lost games for the, uh, the Crossbell games. I hope they make it to the States as well. But I've been playing the English translations of those as well. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my list. All right. I got 30 seconds. I'm gonna run All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm going to give you four disappointments for the year. I'm going to give you Team Sonic Racing, because after All-Stars Transform, that should have been so much better. Yep. Uh, number two would be Anthem, because that game, being Bioware... Destiny or whatever it was supposed to be should have been a whole lot better. Number three is Dangerous Driving. Um, The game that was supposed to be the spiritual successor to Burnout ended up just being a Burnout. And number four is Borderlands 3. Because I did not play a game this year that I fell off faster and I was just like, wow, this is boring as shit. Yeah, Yeah. you know, that's a good thing. I totally forgot that came out. I think everybody did. (laughs) It bumps me out, dude. Like it does, because I love Borderlands one yeah. and two. Yeah, I was like Borderlands one and two are my jam. I played like two through like two or three times with different friends, and then pre sequel was like, eh. 
you know, maybe I'm a little burned out is what I felt. Uh, but a mainline Borderlands game, Borderlands 3, this is going to be the one that grabs me back in. I played that game for an hour and a half, and I was bored out of my mind. And it just, yeah. it just, it just bummed me out because it's a game that I enjoyed so much previously. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I don't know why that game was not fun. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we were maybe just burned out of the formula. It's possible. Um, I have quite a few honorable mentions, but we've talked about a lot of these, so I'm not going to go into detail. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, Rage 2, Days Gone. I agree 100% with Anthony. That game needed an editor. Death Stranding, just because I wanted to to have it somewhere. I, it wasn't in my top 10, but I couldn't stop thinking about that game. Uh, a couple games nobody's talked about yet. Metro Exodus, I really enjoyed that game. Um, don't think it was as good as the first two, but I still liked it. Yeah. Um, Gato Roboto, I fucking love that game. Um, like a perfect five-hour Metroidvania with a cat in a mech suit. I mean, come on. Um, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, wonderful remake of the of the original Crash Team Racing, uh, and then Gears Five. Because I oh, think Gear, wait, wait, Gears Five is in your honorable mentions. Yeah, I, I think it's Whoa. probably the the best wow. year since probably two. Um, it's really good, but man, there were 10 other games that were just better than okay. that game. All right, all right. And I'm going to blow you away with number 10, because right. I have not heard this game come up once today, and it makes me sad, but that is Judgment. <sighs> I liked Judgment a lot. <laughs> I, I, I like the story, I just don't like the gameplay. But it's Yakuza, I mean... It's... No, no, the combat is fine, it's just the nonsensical... Sneaky camera angles and trailing thing you got to constantly do it. it. It pissed me off so much that I didn't. Oh, even, uh, I loved. I love like the. I know there's not a lot of depth to it, but I loved like questioning people and getting the little bonuses mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I love the main character Yagami. Yeah, Yagami is fantastic. I, I thought he was. Yeah. And his partner, his partner was incredible. Like, I really liked that game. Um. That's one of two games on my list that nobody's talked about yet. Uh, number nine, though, is Ukulele, The Impossible Lair. Anthony nailed it, that game. Wow, coming off of Ukulele, which was a not great 3D platformer, but it was decent. This game feels like what you would think those guys are capable of. It's, it's so good. Um, number eight is the other game nobody's talked about. I don't think anybody else played it, but it was Indivisible. Oh, dude, I I bought that game. I haven't booted it up yet. Oh, it's, <coughs> it is so good. Yeah. Um, borrowing stuff from Valkyrie, I think it's Valkyrie Profile, like the combat mm-hmm. system. Yeah, yeah. Um, the characters are so well done. If there's one complaint about that game is that there's too many companions that you can get in your party. Um, but that game is fantastic, and the art style is unparalleled. Uh, number seven is Luigi's Mansion 3. That game was probably my favorite Nintendo game to come out this year. Um, I just loved everything about it from the animation to the, like how each floor of the mansion or the hotel is themed with like a different style of gameplay. Um, that game was fantastic. Uh, number six was Devil May Cry 5. What can you say? Dante with the cowboy hat. It's beautiful. You throw your hat. It's so good. It's so good. Number five was Bloodstained, because Iga gonna Iga, and where else can you throw fat flying pigs at realistic-looking cats? <laughs> so many different weapons in that game, dude. It's oh, insane. 
but nothing was as good as the heretical grinder. Maybe the best weapon in a video oh, game. Oh, yeah. yeah. That thing was so good. Strong. Number four is Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Absolutely adored that game. Um, outside of the sliding and the glitches. Yeah. <laughs> Those two things can go straight to hell, but yeah, it's very disappointing that the commercial spoils the end of that game. It Super- does? Yeah, it does. Oh, man, I'm glad I didn't see the commercial. Yeah, uh, they showed it during football. Um, oh, yeah, I'm glad I didn't see that commercial. Um, uh, I, I saw that. I saw it in the trailer. I was like, really? You're going to show that? Yeah, that's kind of, that's not good. Uh, number three is Control. That game is so good. It's the first game I ever read every piece of lore that you pick up. Uh-huh. Because it is just so well written, and and so there's a lot of it too. So. Oh, there's a yeah. ton of it, but like the little stories that you get mm-hmm. from those little notes that you pick up is insane. That game is so good, and probably the best host game of a single player game, to where you get the new outfit and uh, it's good stuff. Number two is Resident Evil Two. In any other year, this would have been the best game of the year. By a country mile. Gee, I wonder what number one could possibly be. It's Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> I, I, I told you that in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, like, they did so well with this game to kind of tug, but not over... Like, there's a fine line of fan service where you do too much, and it's just like, oh, you know, like... For example, The Force Awakens is essentially a new hope. Like, there's not a whole lot of... It's it's basically just the same movie. But when you tug just enough on the nostalgia of what people loved about, you know, your old versions of your games, and NetherRealm walked it perfectly from the touches of, like, seeing Goro in the crypt from the movie. Yeah, the crypt in that game is just awesome. You know, like walking in 3D through the stages of the first game. Yeah. Um, the the brutalities basically being new versions of old fatalities. Just tugging enough that you look at it and you go, "Wow, I remember that. That is super cool." Yeah. Um, and and they just they just did it so perfectly. And on top of that, the gameplay is fantastic. If there's one complaint I had about that game, it was the way they handled skins and, um, like the 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 gear system. Yeah. I I didn't I never cared about leveling up my gear. I never cared about socketing those stupid fucking gems into it. None of that stuff really mattered to me. And I wish that when you picked a character, you could just pick a skin. You didn't have to build a loadout. Yeah, like, I agree with you. All of that stuff was just so superfluous, and it just didn't need to be there. Um, but everything else about that game was just fantastic. Did you? I'm sorry. Did I zone out and not hear you mention the DLC doling out of being super long? Well, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's an issue when you say we're going to support this game longer than we have any other. Well, like, because yeah, we're going to take you... longer to put the stuff exactly. out. Exactly. That that's bullshit. Like. It is, but so far the DLC characters have been top-notch. Great, um, but really... like, they're still not all out. <laughs> no, there's two left, and they're yeah, the two ones that I'm most interested in seeing. Um, yes. bec- I want to see how what the Joker's fatalities are. 
And who doesn't want to see fucking Spawn? Like, really? In a Mortal Kombat game? I bet they're going to make him look badass. <laughs> uh, and also, I didn't I hear that Keith David is doing the voice? For Spawn? Yeah. Oh, nice. Which is... That's OG HBO Spawn voice, right? Yeah, yeah. He did the nice. HBO animated voice, which nice. that's like the perfect Spawn voice. So I'm excited for that. Joker's out in three weeks. So I'm excited for that. Uh, as far as games of the decade, I mean, obviously Breath of the Wild, Witcher 3. Um, there was another one I was thinking of. Mortal Kombat 9. Um, oh, yeah. And, of course, Overwatch. You know, we talked a lot about Witcher today. What would you guys think about a Witcher 1 remake? What What's your feelings on that? Are uh, you doing you, it like 3? Uh, <laughs> like three, it, would yeah. be, it would be tough, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the Have you played Witcher 1? I have, but it aged so poorly at the point that I played it that I didn't finish it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, 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 it does. Um, but the... You could you could do it. I know that there was talk originally that they were going to bring it to Xbox, and basically it was kind of a modified um, modified version of the engine that ended up that Witcher Two ended up being on. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could do that. It's just um, it would change a lot of the combat encounters quite a bit, so they'd have to tweak that. They'd have to spend a lot of time tweaking that. I, right. I do think it's it's probably a, a worthy project, especially with as hot as Witcher properties yeah, are right yep, now. Yep. Um, it would be it's nice a, to have a, a, a sort of a remastered one and two collection. I um, mean, I want I want to be I want like I want to play Witcher one. I do. I don't feel like two needs remastered because if you played it on Xbox and four K, no, it looks great still. I. I when I say that, I mean more packaging the two of them together and re-releasing it on a modern system. Um, it does not need like a remaster. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. You could just dump it into the like whatever that shell is. Yes. But yeah. The yeah. first one. My only concern about that, and, and this just comes from knowing too much about how games are made. I just don't know that. I mean, it would take a lot. It, it would. would. Yeah, it would for sure. Um, I mean, I'd play it. I'd play it for first sure. First one's story is so good. It's yeah. it's a shame that um, more people haven't played it because the, the story is really, really good. <laughs> it's really weird watching the show knowing that it takes place so long before the third game. <laughs> yeah, it's um, – and it, it's, it's also um, – the the only other trouble and the one of the major hesitations I have about remaking um the first game is there's a character in the first game whose name is Alvin and he's uh he's a uh, um a child but he's a, a source and he's kind of a stand-in for Siri because I think when the first game came out, they really didn't know if they were going to do anything with Siri. Um, he doesn't do the same things, but just as a character, he's he's a child who's a source, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Well, when the, I the say first it, game was very clearly made without knowing if they were ever going to make another mm-hmm. one, okay. and so it, it feels. Um, even though they left it on a cliffhanger, 
there were some story things that they introduced in that game that they kind of um, change by the time Witcher 2 comes around. Um, so they'd, they'd have to do a significant amount of work. I still think they could do it, but they'd have to do a significant amount of work. Um, because um, I bring this conversation up mostly because uh, I hyped up the the Witcher Netflix series uh, with like my coworkers and stuff like that. They're not obviously as a uh, bigger you know big into gaming as I. And one of them asked me, "Hey, man, I really like the Netflix series. I want to play the games. Which one should I start on?" And I was just standing there thinking, like, do I even have him start out with Witcher One? He's probably not going to like that at this point. I mean, if you if your first experience in this day and age is The Witcher One, you're probably never going to play another Witcher game. I, that's what as, I mean. As, as someone who loves all three of those games, I, I would suggest new people who've never played it before just start with Witcher Three. Yeah, um, that's, that was my, I, that's where as I much as I would love to say go back and play Witcher Two, um, it's just not all that reasonable. Um, so you can. You can get what you need just by playing the third game, and then if you like it enough, then you can go back. Yeah, that's that was my suggestion as well. I thought really hard about because I still think The Witcher Two is is fine to play this day and age, but it's not as good as Witcher Three as far as the the you know the, the gameplay goes. So maybe starting out with the the best foot forward might be good for someone that's getting yeah, my, a first taste of the series. Uh, so, someone asked me the other day the same question, and my advice was to watch um youtube synopsis of the first two games and then play witcher 3 um as because again i i love the second game and for a long time the second game was one of my favorite games Mm -hmm. of all time it got supplanted by the third game um but it's just um it's a lot to ask uh, somebody who's just kind of wanting to get into the games because of the series to go back and play, you know, 40 hours of the first game, 20 hours of the second game, and then God only knows how long you'll spend mm-hmm. playing the third game plus the DLC mm-hmm. plus reading the books. It's, uh, there's a lot. Yeah. So I think as much as the, the geek part of me would like to say, no, do everything, um, the realistic part of me says, Play Witcher three. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Um, I have a lot of Twitter stuff and emails, and unfortunately, I'm not going to get to those because I have to go. Thanks, Drew, for taking <laughs> an hour. Um, but we'll I will save them and do them next week. Um, because I'm assuming there's not going to be a lot of games to talk about for the next couple of weeks. Because yeah. I think the yeah. first big release is that Dragon Ball game, and that's not for another two weeks. I don't. I don't even know what's coming out for January, dude. Like I have. I, I literally, I literally think that Dragon Ball game is the only game coming out that's like of note. Hmm. And that's the one everybody got excited for, the Kakarot. The Kakarot, open, yeah. Yeah, the open world RPG. I hope it's good. I, I hope it is too, but it's coming out with not a lot of fanfare and previews, so. It's kind of we'll see. We'll see. It's kind of hard to be excited about that when Fighter Z exists. Well, it's yeah, a but, different game. Yeah, they're very different. I understand, but like Fighter Z looks just like the anime. Yeah, it, it does, but it's a so fighting like, game, and this is an RPG. So. Yeah, it it's still gonna have fighting elements in it. Yeah, oh, I, so, I'm gonna yeah. probably check out Kakarot at some point. Um, uh, I wonder if it'll get. 
Is it like a spiritual successor to the Xenoverse games that made by the same people, or is it different people? I think it's made by the same. I think it's made by CyberConnect. CyberConnect. Um, oh, the, so those cinematics are gonna look amazing. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it'll look good. It just. I just wonder what kind of RPG it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm curious enough to check it out when it comes out. All right, uh, but yeah, I will get back to everybody's lists and everything next week. Uh, unfortunately, I have to go, so I have to log off. All but right. uh, this has been fun. 2019 was a good year, and 2010 it... to 2020 was a great decade. Yeah, it was Agreed. a fantastic decade. And we got a new consoles coming in at the end of this oh, year. Oh, this is yeah. going to be the year. This feels like a filler year that we were just kind of in, but now this is the hot side that's going to be happening. But I'll tell you what, even with new consoles coming this fall, we've got Final Fantasy Remake, Doom Eternal, Resident Evil 3, uh, Cyberpunk, all of that stuff's supposed to be out before summer. So yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful that of that list, Cyberpunk is the only one I care about. <laughs> I care about all of those. Yeah, Resident I want to play all four of those games. <laughs> Resident Evil 3 is the only one that I'm excited about, and then the other one that you didn't mention was Watch Dogs Legion. That's the only other game I'm excited about. I bet you year. that game gets delayed to fall. I don't know about that. I bet it does. They've already delayed it, haven't? No, no, they didn't. Never mind. No, they didn't. They haven't delayed that one yet. Anyway, that is it for 2019, 2020s here. We're gonna, we're gonna rock it. We're gonna rock it. But we out for now. Peace out, Burfers. Perch out. Alrighty, and it goes something like this.